Mel McCartney. Sports Radio 1019 FM, the fan, WFAN. Good afternoon, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartney. Danielle in the daytime, and I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 2.30 p.m. You know, this short show on this Pro Bowl Sunday, which means we're exactly one, one, one week away from Super Bowl 56. And you might already know, it's the underdog Cinderella story, Cincinnati Bengals in their black jerseys and white pants that'll be taking on the home team, Glitz and Glam Los Angeles Rams, who will be playing in their white jerseys and yellow pants. That uh, announced just a couple days ago. And based solely on the uniforms, I'm picking the Bengals just on the uniforms. I like the color combination, the contemporary classic look, way better than the Rams. Although that Rams logo, the newest one, it's just so fire. Like the yellow horns, the white LA underneath, mimics the color scheme of the animal. Underrated, I think, but the actual uniforms leave much to be desired for me. A little nugget for you. Of the 55 iterations of the Super Bowl, the team that has worn white jerseys has won the big game 35 times. Now, if you're superstitious or or even a little stitious, out of all of the Super Bowls ever played, the team wearing the white jerseys has hoisted the Lombardi Trophy 64% of the time. So, I guess, go ahead and book that parade in Tinseltown. But for my real analysis, my score prediction, my prop bets, my takes, and all things Super Bowl, which you are accustomed to hearing by now, you're going to have to wait till my next show, Super Bowl Saturday, beginning at 5 p.m. So go ahead, make a note of that, put it in your calendars. In any event, we are here in the Big Apple, and Pat Boyle and I come to you live from the Carton and Roberts studio, or the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. And whatever you're doing, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now. You know the number. It's already pre-programmed. 877-337-6666. And as always, please load them up with your best content only. And, and and with all of that said, I think we'll pick up right here with football, with the Giants, with their already commenced search for a new defensive coordinator well underway. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, because it happened during Friday night's Nets game. And I had the show immediately following the game. You and I were the first to talk about Patrick Graham packing his bags heading west to Las Vegas to join the Raiders as their defensive coordinator. And as I said the other night, since it's a lateral move in position for Graham, the Giants do not receive any compensatory draft picks. Had Graham, a minority candidate, been hired as head coach of an NFL team, the Giants would have received a third-round compensatory pick for two years. For me, the Giants, with a first-time general manager in Joe Shane, with a first-time head coach in Brian Dable, and for, with a first-time offensive coordinator in Mike Kafka, the Giants would immensely benefit in the stability department with a guy who has defensive coordinator experience. So Friday night, early Saturday morning, however you want to look at it, there were two names that I talked about as guys that I felt should be considered as leading candidates for that new vacant position. Those names were Wink Martindale and Vic Fangio. So Fangio, to my knowledge, has not interviewed yet, I don't think. Last I saw, about an hour ago. So of the guys who have interviewed, here's the list. And I know the Giants have already all interviewed, I believe they all were yesterday, I think, because since Vegas plucked Graham Friday night, they had to have happened all day yesterday, Saturday. So 
I think the first one in the building was Wink Martindale. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it might have been. And this Giants team, this time around, their first guy in the building for the GM was Joe Shane. They picked him. Their first guy in the building was Brian Dable for the uh, head coaching position. They picked him. So Martindale being first, I think he was first. I want to make. I wanted. I, wanna, I think he was. But if he was, whoever the first pick of of the Giants were to have it come in for this position, obviously is the favorite. So Martindale, we'll get to him and back into him in a second. But you know, number two, the second guy who has already interviewed is Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai. He's very interesting to me because he's got a master's degree in higher education from Columbia and a doctorate in educational administration from Temple, where he was an adjunct professor for two years. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy sounds like me. But I I just don't think the timing is going to work out for him. And he's going to be a name to watch in the future because he's only been a defensive coordinator for a single season one. And the Giants net right now, in my opinion, need more experience than that at the moment. But that's a pretty cool story. Sean Desai, I got to connect with him somehow. Then you got number three, Terrell Austin. Uh, they did interview him yesterday. Austin is a senior defensive assistant and secondary coach with the Steelers currently, right? So the rumors have been that he would be expected to take over that role with the Steelers. Yet, the Steelers granted the Giants permission to interview him. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but if I'm ready to hire a guy as my own defensive coordinator, why would I let him go and interview elsewhere for the same role? I don't know. Number four, the Giants had Jim Schwartz in the building. He was the defensive, he has been a defensive coordinator for the Titans, the Bills, the Eagles, 14 total seasons among all those teams. That's a check mark, right? He also has head coaching experience 2009 to 2013 with the Lions. So, in that time, one playoff appearance. That's exactly what I don't like about that. Like, like we talked about this on Friday night or Saturday morning, whatever it was, whatever you want to consider that. You know, a former head coach a la Jason Garrett that has the potential, the, the potential to undermine the first-time head coach and the first-time GM. I'd use that as a cautionary tale. Of those guys that the Giants have interviewed for their defensive coordinator position, two of them, at least as of right now, Interviewed for the head coaching vacancies in the in the past, so these guys they're bringing these guys back. They clearly like them. Austin being one of them, he interviewed when the job ultimately went to Ben McAdoo, and then Martindale interviewed two years ago, where that job ultimately, as everybody knows, went to Joe Judge. So, Giants ownership, in my opinion, got it so right with Shane, so right with Dayball, and now the way it looks, the way in which they're conducting this search. In a deep class of guys with already having experience at the defensive coordinator position, you gotta like what you're seeing if you're a Giants fan. And to the MLB lockout, we turn. Right now, talking to you guys in my Las Vegas Aviators cap. You want to know why? Because minor league baseball is going to start on time. This past Tuesday, MLB and the Players Association met in person here in New York. And the easiest way I can funnel the the plethora of information 
regarding the meeting was was to quantify line items items as like not discussed, still far apart, or progress made. And there's three. The league and the players' association are still way far apart on this pre-arbitration bonus pool. What that means is this: there is they both agreed to have a bonus pool of money to be allocated to the league's top pre-arbitration players if they win awards. It's a way to pay the younger players earlier in their careers for achieving greatness. So, for example, like a guy like Corbin Burns, the guy makes a 600, or last year made $608,000. And this comes from Mark Feinstein. Uh, and he told you this when he was with me what, two weeks ago. Guy makes $608,000 last season. So he could have made, based on this pre-arbitration pool, which both sides have agreed upon, the dollar amount is, is what we're going to talk about in a second, but he could have increased his salary from 608 k to $2.34 million last season. So that's a big jump, $608,000 to $2.34 million, just because he won the NL Cy Young Award. So this past week, and here's the dollar amount thing, the, the MLBPA offered to reduce that pool from, okay, we're not going to offer $105 million in that pool. Let's make it $100 million. The league, they offered a $10 million pool. So that's still way far apart. Uh, some progress was made. Both sides like that there will be an award of draft picks for teams who actively avoid service time manipulation, which everyone knows goes on. But the MLB PA wants to now piggyback on that with a system that would give those players a full year of service time based on where they finish in awards voting and placement on war leaderboards. So I, I don't, me personally, I don't think that's a huge ask. I mean, the owners obviously don't want to award that year of service time because it's going to push the players one year closer to free agency and thus big money for the players. The third thing, third and final thing, not discussed the other day, but still very oceans far apart, the luxury tax threshold. The union wants a $35 million increase to that threshold. The MLB, the owners, proposed a $4 million increase. I'm no rocking scientist, but to me, those numbers and the, the pre-arbitration bonus pool numbers They seem really far off. And then also on Thursday, the MLB spokesperson put out that statement asking for federal mediation and conciliation service to break, as a quote, break the deadlock. They cited a need for the third party to facilitate a path to baseball. Yeah, and that whole statement ended with a passive-aggressive last two sentences. It said, it is hard to understand why a party that wants to make an agreement would reject mediation from the federal agency specifically tasked with resolving these disputes. The MLB or MLB remains committed to offering solutions at the table and reaching a fair agreement for both sides. That's an end quote from the MLB Major League Baseball statement. The players union flatly declined that request for mediation. They issued their own statement that ended with, quote, the clearest path to a fair and timely agreement is to get back to the table. Players stand ready to negotiate, end quote. And then the players sounded off Friday afternoon on Twitter. The players are now playing hardball. You got Whit Merrifield saying that based on the incredible annual revenue of the league, we feel players with zero to three years of service could be better compensated. We want to fix the competitive balance so every team's focus is winning year after year. We want to fix service time manipulation. That's Whit Merrifield. I mean, 
That doesn't sound like a tough ask to me. And then Max Scherzer, now a Met, says, we want a system where the threshold and penalties don't function as caps, allows younger players to realize more of their market value, make service time manipulation a thing of the past, and eliminate tanking as a winning strategy. That from Max Scherzer on Twitter. To be fair, the union has offered legitimate paths to fix all of those issues. And I talked with Mike Far- Mark Feinstein about it. It's, it's on, available on demand if you want to listen to it and catch up with it. Just Google McCartan, Feinstein, WFN on demand. should come right up. But in my experience with, with large-scale contract negotiations, mine being in the New Jersey public school system, it's best practice not to put the students, and in this case, not to put the fans smack dab in the middle of your billionaires versus millionaires dispute. Keep the nitty-gritty and the ugly behind closed doors. Because in this climate, right now, in the state of the economy, the the pandemic, the whole thing, we, the fans, really don't want to hear you quibbling over a couple of millions of dollars here and a year's service time there. Sit down at the table, lock the door, throw away the key, and like the Cardinals do when they sequester to pick a new pope, don't come out. Until a decision has been reached. That's it. James Paxton alluded to that on Twitter saying, quote, a significant part of the collective bargaining. Sorry, let me start that over. A significant part of collective bargaining is actually bargaining hashtag at the table. End quote from James Paxton. So to both sides, I say, please stop playing hardball with us, the fans, and figure it out. Pitchers and catchers are due to take their mounds and behind crouch behind the plate. On February 15th. Yeah, right. Alex Wood, in a tweet Friday, expressed his concerns about that, saying, quote, it would take probably two weeks just for an impartial mediator to get up enough to proceed. They, they, they would use an already broken system in CBA as a guideline to work towards a new deal. Makes zero sense for anybody. Players are ready to make a fair and mutually beneficial deal. Hashtag at the table. That seems to be the thing, right? And now, since these numbers and these figures are still so far apart, we, the fans, are left wondering if the regular season is even going to start on time at this point. I don't think this is premature in saying this. I really do think that this is a real potential threat. I sit here, again, wearing my Las Vegas Aviators cap. My friend that lives in Vegas, her dad has season tickets. We went to the game, and you know what? I don't have any uh, minor league baseball teams around here caps, but... Welcome to take them. But the point being, minor leagues are starting on time. They don't get affected by this. Except for the guys on the 40-man roster. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. But and, and here's, like, my, my Yankees ticket rep and I have been talking, communicating this past week. Shout out to you, Nick. I think you're a listener of the show. But that office is continuing as usual, as in expecting all 162 regular season games to be played. So... We wait, and we see what's next. Let's make a deal. Let's throw it back to Gloria Gaynor right now, and it's that time in the NBA. Let's make a deal at the trade deadline. This this is the last time that I'm going to talk to you before that deadline, and hopefully it's the last time I talk to you with Julius Randle still suiting up for the New York Knicks. Talk about such a fast fall from grace. The guy who was just last year an all-pro 
He's now public enemy number one as far as the Knicks are concerned. Brutal, brutal loss last night, too, by the way. The guy who is playing the role of a number one guy, who's getting paid like a number two guy, and who would be a number three or number four on any good team. Most, if not all, of his Julius Randle's quantifiable stats are down from last season. His overall attitude on the court is appalling, both towards the fans, thumbs down, the shut the F up, double down on it. And that's a quote, by the way. And, and the video that, that Kevin and Camden tagged me on on Twitter the other night, he didn't even bother picking up Obi Toppin, who just happens to be his replacement up off the ground. Subtle, but oh so telling. And see the latest unfollowing of the Knicks on Instagram. As of this morning when I checked around 9.30, he's still not following the Knicks on Instagram. That is the new age way to exclaim, trade me now. All of that, coupled with Mark Berman's report of speaking to an NBA scout who said he hasn't come across as a good teammate. He has played selfish. His contract isn't an issue. Perception is. Well, I think that's spot-on analysis. And the problem for the Knicks is, Who would want a guy like that? Hopefully the Sacramento Kings do, because a true 24-year-old point guard in De'Aaron Fox would be exactly what the doctor ordered for this Knicks team. Out with the old, in with the new. And if you're a Nets fan, and you're operating under the premise that the team is ready to pack it in for the season... Maybe Kyrie Irving is a part-time player. Joe Harris has a real potential to be gone for the remainder of the season. Uh, and, and the latest on Kevin Durant's return from the, the isolated MCL sprain would put his return date literally anywhere between February 24th and March 21st. So maybe you factor that all into the fact that the Nets are slip-sliding away, taking a league-worst seven-game losing streak into today's game. If you believe that school of thought, well, then you trade Harden, a known commodity, for the most amount of draft picks possible, a bunch of unknown commodities. But if you're a Nets fan and you're operating under the premise that the team is in win-now mode, which I still do, please step back and ask yourself, which player out there that is realistically attainable via trade would be a better replacement than the man that currently wears number 13 for your team? Yeah, right. Nobody. Which is why the course of action that I recommend for the Nets, as I said on Friday night, would be for the Nets to do everything that they can do to placate James Harden. And apparently, as of late last night, the Nets were listening to what I had to say. Woj reported on on NBA Countdown that, that Harden has told the Nets that he wants to stay in Brooklyn. And then Woj said of GM Kevin Durant, that's my words, not his, Durant absolutely wants to continue with James Harden. Stay the course with him. And I think there's a real good chance that that's the case when we get past Thursday's trade deadline. So my big deal recommendations for our basketball teams, dump Randall, keep Harden. And finally, let's make a deal. Did you see the tweet from John Heyman yesterday? The Yankees might want to make a deal for Freddie Freeman. Wow, we will discuss that in total detail coming up in just a few minutes. So, I think we should get this going here. Let's fire it up. I've set the table for you. Can't wait to talk to you at 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan. Danielle in the daytime here on The Fan in New York City. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us. They doing too much. Haven't done my taxes. I'm too turned up. That's right. Pat Boyle and I are coming to you live from Lower Manhattan. We are working on a weekend, like usual, 
DJ Pat Boy on the ones and twos and on the phones, 877-337-6666. You know, I have to say I'm really liking this timeline that the Giants have been operating on. They apparently like to do things on weekends like me, Drake, and Pat here. So when I'm here, I like it. So what – I don't know. What I – I don't know if it's actually like this, but maybe it is. I mean, Joe, the general manager hiring Joe Shane, the hiring of Brian Dable, and now the, the other night we were the, the first to talk about the potential replacements for Patrick Graham. I just like how the Giants are operating. They're always giving me on my shows something to talk about here. And with that said, the Giants certainly have their pick of experienced defensive coordinators out there. Within 24 hours of Graham's exit to Vegas, they've already conducted first-round interviews with Martindale, Desai, Austin, Schwartz. Their top target, in my opinion, needs to be Martindale. That opinion has not changed between Friday night at a first crack of this news and now. So Martindale, more than 30 years of coaching experience, 15 at the NFL level, and in the four years as a defensive coordinator with the Ravens, his defense led the league in scoring average, led the league in total defense, and tied for first in defensive touchdowns. They said injuries led to his demise in Baltimore, so I would definitely press him on it if I was in the room interviewing him. But think about it. Oftentimes, in in, in any sport, replacements reflect the exact opposite of the person who left. Martindale is known to be one of the most aggressive play callers in the league. Sure as hell beats the soft coverage nonsense that the Giants kept throwing out there last week every season. Do you see? Opposite? We often talk about the identity of a defense. The Giants way. Now, 10 years and one day ago, the Giants won their most recent Super Bowl at Lucas Oil Stadium, which is beautiful, by the way, beating Tom Brady and the Patriots. Think about that defense. In a draft that's heavily loaded with defensive linemen. And with his former players saying that Martindale puts his players in the best position in order to succeed based on their skill set, maybe the Mart- maybe Martindale can get the Giants back on track. Maybe he can get them back to the defense that is the Giants' way, the Giants' identity. 877-337-6666. In the order that you call, let's go to uh, Matt at the Jersey Shore. Matt, you're up on the fan. Danielle, long time no speak. How I you know, doing? I know. How, how have you been? I've been great, thanks. A little cold, but, uh, you know, onward and upward. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I have been dying to talk anything Yankees related with, yes. with, with you. Well, you have um, come to the right spot. Let's do it. Thank you. So, God knows that the Yankees have many needs this offseason, and they've, let's just say, carefully pick through the options and hopefully they still have options left. But uh, for them to even consider bringing in Freddie Freeman when they first of all have a first baseman and Luke Voigt and then could easily bring in, uh, whatchamacallit, Rizzo back or trade for Olsen, even if Freddie Freeman wanted to come to New York, it would be a boatload on top of what they'd already need to pay Judge. Mm. and what they're already paying in coal and, and stand. What what kind of nonsense is this? So, Matt, the one thing I would say is I did look at, and I use SpotTrack uh, for my, my financial information uh, for, for teams. Actually, Freeman, his market value, the annual value, the AAV, is actually cheaper than that 
projected to be cheaper than that of Rizzo. But is that something that really is at the forefront of what the Yankees should be thinking about? Well, the Yankees need a shortstop. Yeah, they need a shortstop. They need a center fielder. They need a a catcher. They need Uh, more pitching. Starting pitching. Yeah. (laughs) I I know they want the left-handed bat and the Mm -hmm. left-handed power, but it just feels like, once again, Brian Cashman and his minions are – have their mindset in the wrong place. Yeah, I mean, you, Matt, you beautifully laid out all of the the needs that the Yankees uh, particularly need, for lack of a better word. Um, and and first baseman really doesn't um, really fall on that list because there are other avenues in which the Yankees can go. And we can talk about this in a second, but there are other avenues in which the Yankees can go that don't involve backing the Brinks truck up for a guy like Rizzo or a guy like Freeman. And we can talk about that in, in more detail coming up because I guess what? I have a uh, an extensive, you know me, I have an extensive chart on how I how I figured all this, uh, calculated all this this morning. So uh, the Yankees do have options at first base, and they have needs elsewhere, as matches beautifully outlined for you. Vernon in Manhattan, you are up next on The Fan. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? What's up, Vernon? How are you? I'm doing good. I remember my time. I went out to Las Vegas two times. I had to learn a hard lesson. <laughs> About <I> was, what? <laughs> I came out the hallway, I mean, out of the hotel, and went across the street and stood there and tried to hail a cab. And that one cab would pick me up. No, you got to get him outside the hotels. Thank you, because the guy drove into the hotel. He was beeping the cab. Yeah. And, I mean, he was beeping. I turned and looked at him. He was beckoning me to come to him. I came to him. I can't get a cab. He said, you can't stand on the highway. You have to stand in the hotel. What are you from, New York? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to stand. For anybody that doesn't know, you have to stand like, out. they have like valet lines and the cabs kind of just line up outside the hotels and that's how you get them. I didn't know that. So <laughs> it was a hard lesson for me. I, I did go with my friends. They gambled. I didn't. I threw darts and won a Beanie Baby, Brett Favre. <laughs> Yeah. I, said, I said, look what I want, look what I want. They looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> That's funny. They're dropping money in the slots. Okay, there's two things I want to ask you. Yeah. First of all, the first question is, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Oh, I'm not, Vernon, I'm going to keep everybody in suspense until next week. But based on their uniforms, I'm picking the Bengals just based on the, the way that they look. I like the I like the Bengals look. But that's obviously not my pick. Next week, next Saturday, you'll get it. Are you you're picking them because they're wearing a black jersey? Yeah, I love the black jerseys. I do. They're great. All right. Let's go to baseball. Regarding baseball, I know um, – I don't know when this thing is going to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have already paid all my money for my Mets tickets. And I paid all my money for the Brooklyn Cyclone tickets. Mm-hmm. So is, is the minor teams still going to play? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. The Brooklyn Cyclones gave me two choices. They gave me a choice of I can have the tickets on my phone mm-hmm. or I can have physical tickets. Oh, so you have a fo- uh, do you still have a flip phone? Uh, yes. Yeah, no, you no, got to no. take the physical tickets. Yeah, so I took I, I when I when I they sent me the information I wrote on there. I want the physical tickets, so yeah. I mailed that back to them. So um, I'm waiting for those tickets to come in. So the thing is, this year, 2022, if we can get started, do you think the Yankees or Mets are going to make it to the playoffs? I think the Mets definitely. 
I think the Yankees probably. Okay. That's Thanks. yeah. <laughs> as the as the rosters are currently constructed, yeah, that's that's what I would say. Okay, thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah, Vernon. Thanks. And, and by the way, uh, somebody tweeted. Uh, I can't. I can't find it. Uh, I should have had this ready to go. Uh, so as I sit here and and I in my uh, minor league baseball uh, Las Vegas Aviators hat. Uh, oh yeah, here it is. At Keith Rad, R A A D. He tweeted, uh, so what size hat would would, he, would we send you since the Brooklyn Cyclones might be the only game in town? He tagged the Cyclones. Hey, anybody from the Cyclones is listening, uh, hit me up. I know Keith. You know him? I know him very well. Personally? Yes. Oh. We used to uh, do LIU basketball together. Oh, well, he's trying to get me a Brooklyn Cyclones yeah, hat. Yeah, been, he's been the broadcaster for the Brooklyn Cyclones for like three or four years now. Oh, well, then let's, let's get it going. I absolutely follow up on that. Yeah, DM me on that one. Good dude. Yeah, Keith, DM me on that. I don't know if you're still listening. Let me let me send you. Oh yeah, ears are open. Hey, oh, that's what I'm gonna say. Hey, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, but sure. Yeah, so the guys that are on the 40 man roster, it gets a little tricky for them. But but minor league baseball is full steam ahead, and uh, let's go Trenton Thunder too. I got to get to a Trenton Thunder game. I used to do broadcasting at Princeton with the guy who does the play by play for them, John Moses, and uh, he said, anytime you want to come down, let me know. I got to get down there. Yeah, and I know, and I know Greg. Caserta, who does updates here. Yeah. He did the Trenton Thunder last year. Oh, really? I think. Oh, then we got to, we got to, let's, let's take a field trip. Right, because I know they had that, they, they had the one year where they were playing as the affiliates of Toronto for AAA, I think. I might be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I I forget how they reworked that because the, you know, the Yankees obviously dropped them and took the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Collect as many hats as yeah, you can. Either I'm way. A, I'm a hat person. <laughs> I, I have a convertible car, so I, I, I am a hat person because it keeps my hair from flying into my eyes. Uh, okay, let's do uh, Robert in Deer Park. You're up next on the fan. Hello, Ms. Danielle, and thank you for allowing me to speak. I love your show. Thanks, Robert. Um, I appreciate it. D- no, I want to thank you. Sometimes I don't understand something, but you have a way of talking yep. that breaks it down so minute. I, I appreciate the way you do that, and um, thank you. Thanks, you love your work. Thanks. Um, you know, I think I it, it might be about... all the years in the classroom that I've had. I, I think that that might be it. <laughs> you sound like a school teacher. I am one. Okay. During the week. I want to talk. <laughs> I want to talk about the Super Bowl. Yep. First, I want to say uh, I'm really sorry for Mr. JJ. I know he's in Dolphin Hell because he loves that team. Mm. But my thing is. I go when it, when it comes to the um, Super Bowl. I go by the best quarterback. Yeah. To me, that would be Stafford. The other guy's only been in the league two years. Stafford's a uh, veteran pro. Mm. The um, L.A. has more powerful um, pieces. They got Odell Beckham. They got weapons. Um, but but um, Cincinnati has the defense. Yes. They have the defense, and they're a team oriented. I would like to know who would win more: um, a team of stars. Or a better team? I would like to hear your answer know, to that, man. I know, and it, and it's a good question, Robert. I, I don't know though because it's it's a team of stars can play really well together. I mean, yes, they're, they're explosive. Like like the, I, my mind just went to the Bulls. I know it's basketball, but my mind just went to the Bulls. Jordan and Pippen and Rodman, they were superstars yes. and they played well together. I don't know. I don't know. It was a team. Yes, they were a team, and I feel like the Rams at times play as individuals. When you yes, mention all the firepower that they see, have, this is what I'm talking about. You are great. <laughs> Thanks. You are. You broke it down just what I was thinking. Right? I couldn't say it. Yeah. Thank see you. that? See that? <laughs> so I don't. I don't know. I, and 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 you said too about you know the quarterbacks. I, I like Burrow. He's obviously the hot hand, right? And and, and yes. 
I had gone. If actually, you made it to the Super Bowl in your second year, you're probably pretty good. Yeah, you're probably pretty good with an offensive line that's terrible too, right? So he has that's been right. an example of a quarterback that has overcome deficiencies on that line. That's how his leg got hurt in the first place. Yeah, so so I'm thinking, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't know because when when you said, I think you you said Stafford, you think is the better quarterback. I, I think because there were graphics that they were throwing up there in the game against the 49ers where Jimmy Garoppolo, as as bad as everyone says that he is, his numbers in those games, I I, I want to say were better than Stafford's. Yes, so, but you know what it is when, when you're a game manager. Yeah, oh, 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 you're you're gonna have good stats because they're gonna give you the basic of the basic, or you're only gonna read half the field. Mm. They're gonna make your life easy if yeah. they can. Yeah, yeah. Tell you you probably can't handle the worst of the worst. Yeah, but but then Robert, you look at the defensive line for the Rams, and thanks for the call there, Robert. You look at the defensive line for the Rams, and and look at those guys on the other side: Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Here's a spoiler alert. I had a $10 free bet for my BetMGM app. Not an advertisement. That's what I have. One of the apps that I have. And uh, I put it on Aaron Donald to win uh, Super Bowl MVP. I think uh, with that offensive line of, of the Bengals, I think it's I think it's a good bet. I mean, they allowed nine sacks. Nine sacks against the Titans, was it, right? I mean, come on. Um, But Burrow's a worker. You know, I, this is this is a quick story here, Pat. I know we have to go to a commercial, but a quick story here is when I went to Cincinnati in April. I checked off uh, Great American Ballpark, Red St- beautiful, beautiful stadium. I love the way we can talk about that in a second. But anyway, so when I went to Cincinnati, I walked down to the Bengals Stadium, and I was like, oh, it's obviously closed. Let me go into the team store. I'm looking. I saw a Boomer Sizing jersey. I was like, oh, can, can I buy that? And he was like. No, I, I said, oh, I said, do you have do you have other sizes in this? Because they had like two XL, and he was like, oh no, we don't. This every, everything's out because we're changing the logo, whatever, the uniform style. And I was like, oh man, really? Nothing smaller? So I'm like looking at an extra large. I'm like, yeah, this is this is too big. But anyway, so I had talking with the guy, you know, whatever. And I said, do you mind if I could just? Can you just show me? Can you just show me the field? Can I just look? He goes, and you know what he said to me, which stopped me in my tracks. He said, well, hold on a second, let me go out there and check first because. This is in April, opening weekend of baseball last April, like this past April. He goes, let me just go down there and check before I bring you out because Joe Burrow was here just a few days ago, you know, throwing, practicing, all that. So if he's out there again, I can't bring you out there. But if he's not there, sure, we can go down. And in April, Joe Burrow was out there practicing on the field. And uh, so he wasn't there. In other words, he wasn't there. I was able to go down into the stadium, but pretty cool. Pretty cool story, right? See, you don't know unless you ask. You don't know unless you try. Uh, I, I'm about to put a poll up, and, and Pat, you might have to proofread me on this because I can never figure out these numbers here. How many regular season games do you think will be played this MLB season? And realistically speaking, I think it's time to ask the question. Both sides are dug in, and the players are now taking their comments to the public for the first time. So out of this 162-game slate, how many think do you think we're going to see? I'm going to put this poll up. Pat, you're going to proofread this. I, I hate, like, I'm putting, like, ranges of, of numbers, and it always screws me up. So I'm going to bring this my computer into you. Uh, you guys can uh, vote in momentarily at Coach MCCARTAN on Twitter, and I'll put it up on Facebook as well. The question being, how many games, realistically, do you think there will be played in the regular upcoming MLB season? 877-337-6666 is the phone number as well.
daytime here on The Fan in New York City, and I apologize to those that follow me on Instagram, at Coach McCartan. Uh, I just went to put the, the poll up of, of how many regular season games you think will be played this MLB season. And there's only two choices that they allow you on Instagram, and that is not a good assessment of uh, of information here. So let's stick to the Twitter on this one. Um, to the Twitter. To the Twitter. Let's stick to the Twitter. Realistically, how many games do you think? I posted it three minutes ago. Pat Boyle checked it. Proofread by him. It always This always screwed me up. Um, your choices, there are four of them on Twitter. Four. They allow you to do four. I, my choices are a full 162, and then between 151 and 161, and then 140 to 150, and then 120 to 139. Probably should have been 130. Eh, whatever. So uh, right now, that is the leading vote. 40. Oh, it's ooh, this. Ooh, this is exciting. I keep refreshing. It keeps changing. Uh, 51 or 50% of you guys are saying that there's going to be between 120 and 139 games played. Wow. So that's that's not good. You know, both of our New York teams are supposed to open their seasons on March 31st. Yankees at the Texas Rangers. Mets at home against the Nationals. But the biggest question is, will they? And right now, I'm going to venture to guess uh, absolutely no. Jameson Tyone called out MLB's timeline on Twitter Friday. He asked on Twitter, if the if the goal is to get the players on the field ASAP, then why did it take 43 days after the lockout to even hear from MLB? Didn't seem like a priority then. Why did we not get a counterproposal this week? It's all extremely tired antics slash optics. That from Jameson Tyone. Spring training, as it stands, it's, the duration of it is about four and a half weeks. And then that 43 days that they didn't reach out, that's over six weeks. So that, t- that tells me that a handful of days is not as important to the owners as it is to the players. And remember when we talked about it when it first happened, the owners were the ones who locked out the players as, to pre- as a preventative measure to prevent a strike. So that move told me right there, that when and I said it when it happened, the owners were and still are expecting this to go the distance. So, as a result, the players cannot work out in team facilities. They can't rehab injuries in teams' facilities. I mean, this is just a really big mess. And and in like eight days, pitchers and catchers are supposed to report. And for every day after that date that they don't, go ahead and start adding four and a half weeks of spring training ramp-ups to it. And that's how you're going to be able to figure out when the opening day will begin, when the regular season is going to begin. It's not looking good. But... For those of you, let me hit refresh on this, uh, the, the 52% of you now that think that it's it's it, my lowest bracket of number of games being played, maybe there is a Hail Mary that could potentially come this week. The owners will meet this upcoming week in Orlando, and, Orlando, and, and maybe they can put their brains together. Maybe they can figure out some sort of counterproposal together in the same room, theoretically, because I think they would surely like to do that before Rob Manfred has to stand up on Thursday and delivering an embarrassing news conference that his owners and his players can't get on the same page. I mean, like, right? So maybe for the for the 30% of you guys who voted that there will be a full regular season this upcoming season, now 29%, I just refreshed, maybe for you half-full people, clearly, maybe there's hope this week that, that something could get done. I know I'll have my fingers crossed. 
in the order that you called Kermit in Queens. You're up next on the fan. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Kermit? Pretty good, pretty good. I just want to touch on two things really quick. Yeah. One Yankees, one Nets. Sure. Um, as far as the Yankees, um, I think the main things that they really need is, like everybody says, is a shortstop. But I also feel we need a catcher because Sanchez yeah. is a bum. Yep. Um, but the problem, so, but, but Kermit, the problem is, wh- who's out there? That's the problem. I know that's, that's the biggest problem. Exactly. I know you look like, left I'm and not- right, and you're like, well, might as well stick mm-hmm. with Gary again, right? I mean, tell me. Yeah, yeah, if I you, know if, you in mind, if you have anybody has a has a better catcher than Gary Sanchez, get at me. Go ahead, go ahead, Kermit. Yeah, and so as far as Freeman, don't get me wrong, I love the guy. He's great as a hitter. Power, left-handed, mm-hmm. gold glover, mm-hmm. but we don't need that, you know, because if we get him, not only do we have Boyd, but we also have LeMayhew, who right now right. is the only, the only position is first base for him. Right. So, you know, so we're kind of like stuck with that. So, um, but Kermit, that so, would mean though, DJ LeMayhew. Okay, let's just let's just play devil's advocate. That if 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 the Yankees are rolling with DJ LeMayhew at his position, second base, that makes Glaber Torres a trade bait. So then. Would you be okay with that? I mean, yes. I mean, you, you could probably get something really good with Glaber. Yeah. But at the same time, but at the same time, Glaber, in my opinion, is really good. He just he needs to play, play second. If he plays first, you know. So I, I think he's good. he just had a bad year last year. Everybody's yep. entitled to a bad year. Mm-hmm. And then playing shortstop played with his head, and that just I think in my opinion that's what made him bad. Yeah. So that's that. And that's now, it. As yep. far as the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I would love for the Brooklyn Nets to keep Harden, and I would love for them to get rid of Kyrie Irving. Mm. He's the biggest headache. Mm. Now, I, my question to you, though, mm-hmm. is, is that possible? Is it is there any way possible to trade Kyrie for Simmons and keep Harden? No, you're not doing it. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I, so, like, listen, and thanks, Kermit, for the call. Uh, I, I'm keeping the big three intact as, as long as possible. I know they've played in si- exactly 16 games together, the three of them together. But Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, I'm taking Kyrie Irving as, even as a part-time player. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm taking Kyrie Irving as even as a part-time player over a guy like Ben Simmons. And Harden, I'm with you. They need to coax him. They need to placate him at every corner here. And keep him in net. That's it. And so, because who, who's better than him out there? Again, the same the same question. The same question. Who is better than Harden that you're going to get realistically in a trade package? I, I don't. I don't think anybody. And Gary Sanchez. Yes, I agree with you. He's not great. They could move on from him, but then you look left and right and up and down the the, the available players, and 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 who is it? Who is it that they'd bring in here that would be immediately better than Gary Sanchez right now? The Yankees have a huge problem. You know, Corey Kluber, who was their number two guy, and they're still number one, Garrett Cole, they don't want to pitch to him. That should tell you everything you need to know right then and there. Douglas in the Bronx, you're up on the fan. Good afternoon, Danielle. How are you, Douglas? Doing well. I want to talk about the Knicks, but first I want to ask, have you watched any of the Beijing Olympics? Uh, we watched a little bit last night of like the, uh, I don't even know what you call it. It was like the gun shooting and then like the skiing thing last night. That's all, that's all I've seen so far. Yeah. That's the biathlon. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, my, uh, uh, 
my four-year tradition, I like to watch the curling. I, I love the strategy of everything on that. Um, curling, but, uh, curling is on my list of things to try. Like, <laughs> it sounds so fun. Yeah. It does, right? I mean, that that's that's the draw to it. I, I'm very attracted. My folks get into it too. Uh, it's like yeah, bocce. It's like bocce, but on ice. It's like kind of cool. Yeah, right, right, right. But uh, on the TV and NBC, they're in a world of hurt. Last Thursday, it drew eight million. Four years ago in South Korea, eighteen million, and then for the opening ceremony, it did nine million at night. Mm-hmm. Twenty-eight million. Four years ago so i mean they're in for a hurry i thought they were crazy to put the olympics on after the super bowl but i think it needs they need it it's, uh, it's a yeah, visibility it's, of it yeah yeah and i mean only one entity on over the air tv has rated as well as it has 20 30 years ago that's the national football league that's all it is mm-hmm. so um uh, right so they need the nfl as an aside because you know how i like to squeeze in reality tv show nuggets <laughs> yeah and uh, i uh, Danielle, I'm not going to give any Celebrity Big Brother support. Don't I didn't worry. get a chance to watch it yet. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to mention MTV's challenge. You remember the double agent season uh, last spring? Uh, that was they se- all blend that together. Was se- that was a season with Fessy was belittling all his partners. Oh, yeah. But then at the end, he quit on Casey in yes. the season finale. Yes. Right. Highest rated challenge season since 2013. Really? So, that's yeah, that's the one... Uh, uh, outlier in terms of the TV ratings, but mm. everything else uh, on on over the air, people uh, are tuning out or just cutting the cord, so mm. to speak. Anyway, so my point about the Knicks, as dreadful as they've played in the recent weeks, yeah. How about this R.J. Barrett? I am so impressed yep. with this with this guy. Career high in minutes last night, but career high in points, uh, a, a tie in field goal for his career, yep. um, and putting the team on his back, game, isn't he? Yeah, after the game, he even said he asked for the assignment against LeBron. LeBron yeah. couldn't drive against him. LeBron yep. thrived when he played against uh, Fournier and Burks. But, uh, yeah, RJ, RJ was tremendous. Yeah. And he made those impressive moves against Westbrook at the post. Um, I, and I feel like uh, within in the stretch that, um, that he's a very up-tempo player. He likes to play with... Uh, players that run a lot mm-hmm. um and it, he's certainly aggressive to the rim and uh he he uh he attacks the rim too yeah. um i feel like in the long run if he could play together with Toppin, or at least a center that doesn't stay uh, at the post when you uh, when the center don't have the ball i really he, he could really thrive in the coming years so i'm really impressed and because I, I I do fear with the Knicks and as much as we want Randall out gone and I don't think they're gonna I think they're gonna stand pat I really do but if there's one sliver that we us Knicks fans could hold, hold on, on to it's yeah. RJ Barrett I'm yeah. really I'm really hopeful with him yeah and Douglas thanks for the call there and great points there good for you for bringing up the fact that RJ Barrett asked for LeBron James he asked for that assignment he was not afraid of it I. Good for you for bringing that up because I lo- I saw that I loved I loved 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 that and for everybody that was on this radio station killing R.J. Barrett in the beginning of his career killing him oh he sucks blah blah I wasn't one of them you can go back on the tape the one thing I did say was that he needed to improve his foul shooting it was atrocious terrible brutally bad but that has picked up the guy has grown into his body he's become an NBA player R.J. Barrett has ha- is is if you're a Nick fan. He might be one of the only bright spots right now going on for this team. And as for Julius Randle, unfortunately, okay, because 
this this I think has soured really, really bad, really fast. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I don't know how much trade weight he holds, and and you don't want the Knicks who who, who he was an All Pro last season. You don't want the Knicks to get something crappy in return for him. So ultimately, you look at the deadline and you look at what you have. Can he get back to it? What what could we do to to make him happy? Right. I I, I just I would advise against the Knicks for for settling for something just to move him. That's that that would be my advice. So we've got Kevin Dexter with an update coming your way, and I'll be right back at the top of the hour right here on the fan in New York City. WFAN and WFAN FM and HD1, New York. An Odyssey station. WFAN Sports Flash. Powered by Superbook, now open with better odds and favorable prices. At 1 o'clock, I'm Kevin Dexter. The Nets looking to end what has been a miserable road trip on a positive note this afternoon. Brooklyn wrapping up their five-game trip in Denver, looking to snap a seven-game losing streak. Kyrie Irving was the lone member of the Big Three to suit up in Friday night's blowout loss in Utah. He says it'll take just one to get back on track. It's really just where we are facing reality that we're not winning ball games right now. And we, we got to uh, kind of get out of that, that hole with just one win and then start uh, a new streak from that point. Um, no time to, to feel like our season is in doomsday. Well, James Harden has been ruled out once again with a hamstring injury that forced him out of Friday night's game. We'll have it on WFAN FM for you today at 320. We'll also have the Pro Bowl for you here on The Fan. Many of the NFL's big stars convening in Las Vegas. Westwood One's coverage here on The Fan begins at 2.30. And in college hoops today, a busy day in the MAC. Iona visits Niagara, Manhattan at Canisius, Monmouth on the road for Quinnipiac, Marist at St. Peter's, and Fairfield welcomes in Siena. And that's what's happening. I'm Kevin Dexter. The fan is on your smart speaker. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, hey Siri, play WFAN. Daytime, Danielle in the daytime here on The Fan in New York City. Taking you all the way up till 2.30, and you heard it just then. Our coverage of uh, Westwood One's Pro Bowl. Or Westwood One's coverage of the Pro Bowl, NFL Pro Bowl. Uh, my uncle, I was just thinking, my, my uncle is actually there in Vegas right now. He's going to the game, which is, I think, pretty cool. He ran into, a, he texted me at 10.50 last night that he ran into Jonathan Ogden at dinner. Pretty cool. He said he had the Super Bowl ring on and everything. I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't ask what restaurant, though. Um, that's a conversation for today, I think. But he's going to be at the game, so that's pretty cool. Um, and you know what? Perfect kind of segue here because I want to ask, did, did you watch any of the All-Star coverage this weekend? And they're both in Vegas. I guess that's another why, reason why I'm wearing this cap. Some local guys are taking the ice. Chris Kreider, Alan Pellick, Adam Pellick, and Jack Hughes. And then, of course, Adam Fox is unable to participate. So anyway, so the the way that the NHL does it, to try to make it less of a sham, popular word this week, right? But they split the guys into three-on-three teams with a goaltender based on their division. And then there's like tournament-style play, and then that winning team of four splits $1 million. And that's kind of like a lot of money to a guy like Jack Hughes, for example, who's making less than $1 million this season with the Devils for the whole season. And... Guess what? The Metropolitan Division did beat the Central Division in 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 the final, little tournament style final, and our local guys are now two hundred fifty thousand dollars richer each. 
So congrats to them. Or I guess it's a little less because there there's more than just those three players, I guess. But still, nice chunk of change. It looked like on TV, it looked like they were actually playing. They weren't dogging it. I'd estimate maybe 80 to 90% they were actually playing in the game. They, I mean, they were even pulling goalies and stuff. Like, they wanted to win. And then there's the Pro Bowl, which to me, the skills competition is just way more interesting. Maybe I'll tune in for a little bit on the Pro Bowl today, but I don't know. I just don't like seeing players. I don't know if I could say, but half-assing it. I don't know if I could say that, but I don't like player, seeing players not giving their full effort, and I think it's silly. And also, too, there are not any local guys to watch. The Jets... There's not a single Jets player to take the field at Allegiant Stadium later today. And don't laugh, Giants fans. For the second time in three seasons, there won't be a single Giant represented either. So really, there's not a lot of incentive there to watch either. But for the players, under the newest collective bargaining agreement, the winning the players on the winning team get $70,000 each, and the players on the losing team get $35,000 each. So I know, chump change, right? Then there's the league donation amount for guys that are named standouts, like longest field goal, most passing yards, whatever. And those players pick a charity from the predetermined list to donate to. Fine. Honestly, I'm just mostly interested because it's taking place in my second city, my second home, Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm taking you right up to that Westwood One coverage, beginning here on the fan at 2.30. So, 877-337-6666. Did, did you watch any of the coverage of any of the All-Star Weekend for the NFL I, it's, I know it's not called an All-Star Weekend, but Pro Bowl Weekend for the NFL and the All-Star Weekend for the NHL. Did you watch it? What do you think? What do you think about the Giants in their list of candidates for the defensive coordinator position? How long is this lockout going to last? There's a lot that we can discuss here on The Fan. Let's go to the phones at 877-337-6666. Uh, Mike in Blauvelt, you're up on The Fan. Oh, hi, hi Danielle. It's been a while. I know, How Mike. How are you? Oh, good. I've been busy. My birthday just passed February oh, 2nd. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. I want to talk about the uh, the Yankees and make a few other points about Super Bowl. About the Yankees, I think that the best uh, at the shortstop position might go with Andrew Tell Simmons, a defensive wizard, mm. who would not cost them as much, nearly as much as uh, Correa, obviously. What do you think of that? Uh, I think Correa, for, let's just take that. I think Correa is absolutely... Not going to be a Yankee. Uh, do you agree I on that? Agree. Yeah. Okay. I so, agree with that. Also, mm-hmm. the Rangers are going to be being an Astro fan. I look at the Rangers. They signed Sager and they signed uh, Trevor. You know, uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. They signed two big acquisitions, so they're going to. But but they don't have the pitching. But I want to mention make a point about the Super Bowl. I agree with one of your callers that about the um, about about the experience at the quarterback position that I agree but I think the Rams definitely have a better defense than the Bengals what do you, uh, that's my opinion mm, well I'll get I'll get into the nitty-gritty Super Bowl next Saturday at five I don't want to give away anything right here because that's that's a special show that's Super Bowl Saturday show oh okay sure but also about the um, also about the basketball I don't think that the you know for um, hard and that the Nets I think that the, the, the Nets could tread water. I look at their schedule. I look at the Knicks' schedule. That's brutal. You, I'm, I'm sure you, I've seen it. Yeah, and I, I looked Nets, at that too. Yep. And the Nets' schedule not as bad. They got they get they get definitely winnable games coming up. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that I would not if I'm um it, it, with Harden. I would not the Philadelphia. They would like a lot for him in a package. Mm-hmm. I would not part with Seth Curry and some other players mm-hmm. that they're asking for. Right. Right. Exactly, Mike. A good point there. So first, Andre told Simmons. I mean, Simmons for the Yankees would be a good move, right? But think about it. He's an unrestricted free agent, like as of right now. 
Okay, he's a free agent. So that means you're signing him to a long-term deal. Okay, do you want to do that with Volpe and Peraza waiting in the wings? If if the answer is yes, then do it. I would pump the brakes on that because they're all young-ish players, right? Including Simmons. Young-ish player. Enough enough to, to garner a a multi-year free agent deal. He's it lasted contract. Last year he made I'm gonna round up to eleven million dollars. That's fine. I think the Yankees would be able to do that. But monetarily, I don't know if they're gonna to want to do it in principle. And then when you look at the the I look at I love Tankathon. Great website. I know you know it. Tankathon. I did pull this up the other night, <clears throat> excuse me, as well. Look I mean the Knicks Knicks fans brace yourselves because the Knicks have the fifth toughest strength of schedule remaining over the last twenty nine games for the Knicks. So brace yourselves, Knicks fans. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But like you said, the Nets should be able to tread water. Because as you look at it right now, the remaining 30 teams that they're playing, 30 games that they're playing, their opponent's winning percentage is 502. So, you know, 500. You win half, you lose half, right? And and, and the, the value... I don't know. Maybe it's not the word value, but but the value of of the regular season in the NBA. Come on, you got to just tread water long enough to get into the dance and, and to get out of those those play in games. Seeds seven, eight, nine, and ten. Six or above, you're good. I think the Nets would be able to tread water until then if they keep James Harden, if Kyrie Irving is still that part time player on the road. You know what I mean? So. I think you hold on to Harden if I'm the Nets. I'm holding on to him. I'm going to try to make him as happy as possible. But, um, yeah, I, there's no way. There's no way Ben Simmons. I'd like to see Ben Simmons here in New York. That's just me. And from Ben Simmons to Ben in Queens, you're up on the fan. Morning there, Coach. How what are you? Say afternoon. Hey, this, this, is, this is a Ben sports day. Right <laughs> now, right now, I'm in between track and field on Staten Island, indoor, mm-hmm. uh, Curling Olympics. Uh, UConn has now just gone up 14 on Tennessee. And I can see Paige sitting on the sideline going, I really want to be in there. I really yeah, want to be in there. I know. But, but uh, they're, they're up back up to 10th. So, Gino, <laughs> all the words Gino was saying before. He's got a talented team. Well, we've got we've got Ben and Queens on the, on the road reporting live from the Connecticut Huskies, taking on the Tennessee Volunteers. There it goes, and, and, and that's a rivalry that will never die. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so let, let's get into this. Uh, so you brought up All Star Game. Let me go into that real quick. Honestly, I didn't see any of the NFL skills work. So the, the all-star skill one that I was paying attention to was NHL. Mm-hmm. Oh, the average Joe's one. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if you if you saw it highlights of that, but wow, blindfolded. I saw that. Blue. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know <laughs> if I believe the blindfold. <laughs> Having all the mascots throwing dodgeballs at you. Yeah, that was as funny. You twist somehow keep the puck on your stick. And but the winner this weekend was Jack Hughes. Yep. If you've never seen Jack Hughes play for the Devils, and you've got a chance to see him this weekend, you've got to go like, "Holy, where is this kid from?" Yeah. So, yep. congrats to the Devils fans. Congrats to Jack Hughes and his double mini Jack Hughes. 
<laughs> I know. I saw that. He let the kid take the shot. That was pretty cool. All right. So let's let's get to let's get to baseball. Unfortunately, from the good to the bad. Um, I just can't believe they've let it drag this long again. I'm in the 120 camp. I mm-hmm. I just sit down like all the errors of the past. <laughs> Doesn't anybody want to play baseball? Mm. Is that it? I know. <laughs> you you wait you wait a full two weeks after the lockdowns in place to talk, and, and you keep on putting out stuff. No, 40, 40 something kids. days there, Ben. It was like forty six or something days that they they, they didn't. There was radio silence for that long. I, again, and, and fans are taking sides here. I hate both groups right now. Yeah, it right. should be pitchers and catchers. Right. Or at least we should be talking that. We should be talking Mets, Yankees moves to share up their team mm-hmm. to get ready for a season. No, no, we ain't going to get that. So yep. as a result, you know, I got NASCAR. That's starting today again. Mm-hmm. I got college basketball. I got regular basketball. Unfortunately, my Knicks refused to play Cam Reddish for some reason. Yep, and that's another thing. Why is that? <laughs> I know. You know, it's baseball's got to get out of the mentality that people are fixated only on them. Mm-hmm. Because as your caller brought up before with the reality TV, viewers will find something else to watch. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think you, I think uh, your your. Your I can't think of the word. Your sentiment, your sentiment of being fed up with this, the owners fighting, the players fighting each other. Enough already. It's just enough. Not be the owners not coming to the table forty three or forty six days after the lockout began. I mean that you that tells you right there what you need to know. The apathy from the part of the owners. You lock the players out. You don't communicate for forty something days. Come on. And I think Ben, you nailed it on 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 the on the on the head there. That the fans they don't care. Fan, just get it done, right? That should be the fan slogan. Where do we have a say in this? Just get it done. Sit in a room, figure it out until it happens. And some uh, not so breaking news, but there is a name that we can go ahead and cross off from the Giants' defensive coordinator search, and that is the Steelers are expected to finalize a deal with Terrell Austin today or Monday to make him their new defensive coordinator. And that uh, is a report from Art Stapleton, who quote-tweeted a guy named Jerry Dulac. And he covers the Steelers for the the Post-Gazette. Post-Gazette in Pittsburgh. So that is one name that the Giants can go ahead and cross off. As long as the name isn't Wink Martindale, I'm good. I'm good with that. Kevin and Camden, you're up on the fan. What's up, Coach? How are you? I'm good, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. Well, you just said you didn't want Martindale. That's my guy. I no, I do. Him. I do. Oh, you do want him. As I, want him. As... I want him. I want Martindale because yeah. I, I, I really wanted Graham back. But yeah. I'm kind of ticked off that he left. But, you know. Uh, you know what, though, Kevin? The, the soft coverage was a little tired to, for me. Yeah. I don't like, like it. Like, just, like, like you told me last time we talked about Graham. He, you know, Martinez was out. So, yeah. You know, I'm not going to say, you know, he, it wasn't the greatest defense, but, you know, he did, he did good with what he had. And, and two years ago, he had a really good defense. I'm going to miss him a little bit. He was yeah. a good coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, hearing Joe Judge could be with him in Vegas, so 
hey, that's his buddy. They're going to go together. So huh. good luck to Pat Graham. He deserves it. But Martindale's the guy. Yeah, De- Martindale is the guy. Definitely, for sure, absolutely. Um, talking about this little mix, mix game last night, I mean, I'm just uh, exasperated is the word. I just, something's got to be done. Something's got, they cannot stand Pat with his team. They, mm. they, you have Cam Reddish on your bench. Okay, uh-huh. the Knicks are not contenders. Let's let's be real; they're not contenders. Uh-huh. You have cameras sitting on your bench. Why not use them? Why not? I don't know. That's a great question. I, he, I don't he know. Can <laughs> he can play. He can play. I know. But Thibodeau, Thibodeau is stubborn that way. He's always been that way. He likes his guys, and the people he doesn't like, he buries them on the bench. Uh-huh. That was his problem in Minnesota. That was his problem in Chicago, and that's his problem here now. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, I'm just at my wits end with this team right now. They need to do something. They need to do something. Yeah, and Kevin, as I sit there, and thanks for your call there, Kevin. As as, as I was, <laughs> weird things you think about as you're falling asleep. But the other night, I was two nights ago, I was falling asleep. I'm like, wow. How about the youth movement for the Knicks? I mean, like you said, Kevin, they're not. They're probably not going to make the postseason. And if they do, I mean, how far are they really going? You've got Julius Randle standing in the way, impeding that, right? And I'm thinking about this as I'm falling asleep. I'm like, why am I? Th- First of all, why am I thinking about the Knicks and, and and their rotations as I'm trying to go to sleep? But you're right. At, at some point, you have to say, look at and say, like, listen, we need to start planning for the future. And maybe part of it, right? Maybe part of it is the fact that, and Tom Thibodeau is known for it, to to ride his players, his his, his veterans. Until the wheels fall off. And maybe that is is contributing to the the downturn for some of those guys in that team, namely Julius Randle. And and last week I had the pregame show on. Um, you know, I was making cleaning up dinner or whatever, and and for a team that was once really proud, had a proud defensive unit, I guess last week when I heard it uh, from MSG on TV, they ranked 29th in total defense. Those those Knicks. I mean, I don't know. It's getting the they're not, I don't know how to say it, like the, the, the whole, the rah-rah part of it, like, oh, we played great defense. It's not there anymore. The identity is kind of gone this season. That's what I would be most concerned about if I were a Nick fan. Jimmy in Jersey City, you're up next on the fan. And, yeah, I got back in touch with you from uh, early in the week about the Dolphins with Flores with those easy victories he had. Yes. How are you, Daniel? I'm good. How are you, Jimmy? I'm good, Daniel. Just got out of work. Uh, question. Mm-hmm. I'm a little annoyed with what's going on with my Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I was just telling the guy who answered the phone that I feel bad for Joe Sy. This guy put out so much money to yeah. have a team in Brooklyn to give Brooklyn a good team to try and get a championship. Mm-hmm. Yet with all these these past two years with all the injuries and all that, the guy hasn't come out and said nothing. He's been a nice owner. But I feel bad for these guys get these injuries, especially hard and playing these phony injuries with his hamstring. Well, that's something that I don't like to ever point to and call something phony. I I, I won't do that. You, you did it. That wasn't me. No, nah, that's me. That's me all the way. I've been doing this, watching this a long time. Yeah. You know, last week he pulled it. He, he didn't play with the hamstring. Next night he comes back. He played 33 points. Yeah. Now, now who knows if he's questionable for today. He is, yes. So my point, my point is I feel bad for the owner. You know, these guys, you came here, you got paid big money. Like, don't you have any heart for your own self? Like, don't you look in the mirror and feel like what you're doing is wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just annoying, Danielle. Yeah, Jimmy, I got you. Me, me I, I, I like to play hurt all the time. Like, I mean, I don't. I would never tell my coach, like, "Hey, I'm hurt." Like, no, I want to be in there. I want to be in there. And, and, and leading up to the game, uh, as early as Friday night, you had James Harden listed as as doubtful to play with that hamstring, and he's now listed as out. So there's that. 
But you know what I did check? I, I, I did check to see if he was still following the Nets on social media. And as of last night, yeah, he is. <laughs> so is there a certain five-time All-Star, World Series champion, three-time Silver Slugger, Gold Glove award-winning first baseman on his way from the ATL to the Bronx? What should the Yankees' plans at first base be? Call me up. Let me know what you're thinking, Yankee fans. I'm Daniel McCartan. I've got you 1,000% covered coming up next here on The Fan. In the daytime here on The Fan in New York City, taking you all the way up to Westwood One's coverage of the Pro Bowl beginning at 2.30. You're going to be tuned in to Vegas. I just want to see. I just want to see the scenery there. But, hey, so I always, um, when I use visuals, I always like people to look at the visuals. If you're driving, of course, you're not going to go ahead and look at the visuals that I'm about to send out on all of my social media accounts, okay, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter on Instagram and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. If you are there, uh, I, I'm talking like this because I'm, I'm trying to do this. I'm, I just took the screenshot. So the question being, uh, before we hit the break, was, you know, basically asking, I asked you, how does Freddie Freeman fit in here in New York? So this all started with John Heyman. Fired off a tweet at 143 yesterday. He said, the Yankees are expected to take a run at, or make a run at Freddie Freeman, who they love. Though first base isn't their real need, they love to fit one of the game's best lefty hitters into their lineup. With the Braves not quickly wrapping up their star, all options are on the table for Freeman. That in a tweet from John Heyman. So you know that I do my homework. And this morning, I examined one, two, three, four, five options for the Yankees at first base. So I'm going to put that on Twitter. Options. For the Yankees at 1B. Okay. Let me copy that. Copy that. Okay. So there you go. You can look at what I'm looking at. Okay. Um, On Twitter. I, you got to give me a second on Facebook. Facebook makes it so cumbersome. And I know I've said this before to post stuff and to respond to messages. So if you messaged me on, on Facebook, I'm very sorry. It's not me. It's not me. It's them. Uh, let me post this up here too. And so I looked at a, a couple of options that, that the Yankees could have at first base. And, you know, all of this, by the way, is contingent upon the luxury tax threshold in the new CBA. It's contingent upon what the Yankees' plan at shortstop is going to be. Will they spend the big bucks? Will they wait or for Peraza or Volpe to pan out? Will they blow by the threshold and not all that doesn't matter at all? Is there a stopgap? So... All of that is crucial to understanding what they can and should do at first base. But it's fun to speculate, so let's do it. So it's up on Facebook. It's up on Twitter. Instagram's going to have to wait a second. Uh, So scenario A, if the Yankees are going to wait it out at shortstop for Volpe or Peraza, they need Freddie Freeman at first base. His projected, as I said before, his projected AAV is, is, is lower than Rizzo's, which I was kind of surprised at, actually. And his, his batting average, his on-base percentage, his walk percentage, they are all better than Rizzo. And I like that Freeman has gotten some experience at third base, too, whereas there's a backlog at second base, which is Rizzo's other fielding experience in the M- at, at the MLB level, because there's a backlog. I mean, is DJ LeMayhew then going to be your second base? And you have Glaber Torres there. And, you know, the secondary position of Freeman is third base, and I kind of like that. 
Not to say that he's going to play there forever, every game, but it's good to have that option. And honestly, you know what surprised me as I was looking at this this morning? All four of the fielding percentages of of these guys, and and you could add DJ LeMahieu in there too, all five of these fielding percentages are all within five hundredths of a point of each other. Yes, even Luke Voigt. Freeman, Olsen, Rizzo, DJ LeMayu, they have the exact same fielding percentage for their careers at first base. To me, I think that's pretty wild. So if the Yankees are going to wait out their prospects, wait a year, let them arrive, because Volpe, I know, is doing not this season, the season after that, okay, then Freeman's your guy. Scenario B, if the Yankees decide they're going to splurge at shortstop, That means the Yankees have another decision to make. One that tells you that Volpe and Peraza are going to be backlogged. And Cashman cannot fall in love with his prospects all over again. Might I point to Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar. How did that work out for him? So in this scenario, if the Yankees decide to splurge at shortstop, he's got to move at least one of Volpe or Peraza. Plus Luke Voigt and probably more. For Matt Olson, which would be a good move because he comes via trade. Or the Yankees could, if they decide to splurge at shortstop, they could stand pat altogether, which means k- keeping Glaber Torres at second base, sliding DJ LeMahieu as your everyday first baseman. And the argument always is well, that would weaken your defense at second base. Yes, it would, and, and substantially. For his career, Glaber Torres fields second base at a 971 clip. DJ LeMahieu, 991 as a second baseman. So in that scenario, where the Yankees do not make a run at a big-ticket shortstop, I'd recommend Matt, Matt Olson putting Voight, Peraza, or Volpe, and Torres all on the trade block. So take a look at the graphic that I sent out. I made it this morning. Let me know what you think, Yankee fans. Who's playing first base for you next season? It's up on Twitter. It's up on Facebook. And uh, we'll hit, hit some calls here, and I will put it up on um, Instagram as well momentarily, okay? In, in the story, though. In the story, because I can't... It won't all fit in, in, the, in the square box. Sorry, I'll try. All right, so 877-337-6666 is the number to Robbie and Lennox. You're up on the fan. Hey, what's going on, Danielle? How are you? Nice to talk to you again. Kind of go around the horn a little bit with you. But great show, by the way. Thank Lots you. of good callers on... Yeah, I was going to talk about the Giants specifically. You know, I like the idea of Martindale coming in. I don't like Patrick Graham, so I'm glad he's gone. It's an unaggressive guy. Mm-hmm. Too many zone defenses this year. Now, look, it's not his fault that the Giants don't have good talent on the on the front line. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see a more aggressive guy come in. Yeah, but this and, is the uh, – and I understand this is the draft yep. to go do it. This is the draft to go and get that. Right. And, and, yep. and Wink Martindale, he's the guy that, that likes to play that aggressive, you know, right. an aggressive exactly. style. So I like it. Exactly. Do it. Yeah. As far as the Yankees go, you know, I was telling this to Pat, by the way, Pat's the best guy, Pat Boyle. Pat Boyle. Um, yeah, he's a man. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, I'd like to see the Yankees take a step back. I'd like to see them trade a Chapman. I'd like to see them cut payroll. I'd like to see them actually, if they sign a Freddie Freeman, that's fine. But I want to see the kids come up. Uh, the Yankees have spent too much time over the last 10 years uh, trying to grab free agents, trying to put together a team, and mm-hmm. it's just not working. What worked for them in the 90s and the early 2000s is building a core of players and trying to put together a, well, a farm system. Right. Brian Cashman's failed at that, and that's why Brian Cashman should have been gone a long time ago. Well, well, what I'll say to that is, well, okay, yep. your core was supposed to have been Sanchez, right. Torres, and Judge. Yep. 
Yes. That was supposed exactly. to be the core three, right? Right. And didn't yep. pan out, clearly. Yeah, I would I would use Dre, I would agree with you. I would use Glaber Torres as a trade chip. I really mm-hmm. would because I mean, as, as much as I like him and I think he's a good player, I think DJ obviously is better at second base, and yep. and you know he's maybe a guy who could bring back a quality pitcher. The Yankees don't have depth of pitching either, nope. Daniel. That's the nope. other thing. And as far as the Knicks go, real quickly. Um, by the way, I'm real excited about the Rangers. I mean, they're my favorite team, so I'm really happy about the second half of the season coming up. But as far as the Knicks go, Tom Thibodeau needs to get fired. They need to hire a young coach and let the young players play. And I'm happy that RJ is improving. I think I think. Over the course of you know his career, hopefully he'll continue to get better and better and more consistent. But you know what, Daniel? And I'm an old-fashioned basketball guy. You know me. We talked about this. When you take when you take 48 shots from 24 feet, that's just dumb. And when you score 42 points in the first quarter and amass for 13 points in the third quarter, there's something seriously wrong. And I agree with you about Cam Reddish. You went out and got him. Yeah. Let him play. play him. Let the kids play. Right. He's the wrong coach for this team. Right. He burns himself out. And the fact that they're 29th in defense after last year. Just goes to show you that, you know, it, it was a mirage last year. I mean, yeah. yes, I know some of the guys they let go were decent defensive players, but come on. It's two guys, you know. Reggie Bullock was a good player, but I mean, come on. That doesn't make old team. You went about a bunch of guys. And defense is about, is about hard work. I mean, I remember playing basketball as a kid. It's about moving your feet. That's Bobby Knight, yes. right? So you just oh, move yeah. your feet, right? Right. right. So basketball anyway. and playing defense, yeah. Bobby, thanks for the call there. Playing defense in basketball is, is mostly about moving your feet and putting your arms up at the right time in its simplest form. Move your feet, stay with your man, and put your arms up when they shoot the ball in its simplest form. That is how to play defense in basketball. Right. And, and, and of course, I, I understand there's more levels that switching and all. I played basketball. I know. I get it. But in its simplest form, that's all you have to do. And, and these Knicks, I mean, come on. Put in the guy you traded for. What are you waiting for? Oh, he's got to earn his minutes. Really? Because what you're doing right now is, is, is working? That, that seems to be working for you? Come on, man. Lou and Astoria, you're up next on The Fan. Hey, Daniel, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I agree with you uh, almost 100% with the Yankees. This is what I would do, okay? Yes. Uh, Gleyber Torres, I would try to trade him. Mm-hmm. But boy, see if I can get a starting pitcher, okay? Yes, yep. If that doesn't work, in the meantime, I will put your shell to play short until the world is ready, mm-hmm. and then I will move, eventually I will move the third baseman, uh, LeMahieu, to second in the future. Now, I will not go. F- I will not spend money on a shortstop right now. I Me will neither. go. I will try my best yes. to get Freeman, okay? Yep. At first. Mm-hmm. All right? Yep. Now, this is the, 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 the way I see it right now. Chapman. You know, and, and you don't like, uh, let me tell you something, you don't like uh, Sanchez, but God forbid if Sanchez goes to a team that had pitching, they can throw strikes, and not, they don't pitch all over all, all over the world, 100 miles per hour. Sanchez, I mean, I mean, even Johnny Bench, I'm not saying that Sanchez Johnny Bench cannot really control this pitching staff with the Yankees. They are crazy. Listen to me. When, um, but, but, but when he if, gets crossed up and he doesn't seem to know where the ball yeah, is but, going, but, but, I mean. Yeah, but listen. This, this, the pitching staff for the Yankees is, is, I mean, it's crazy. Let me tell you something. I would have that the Nicaraguan guy being the closer. What's his name? Um, Lasea? Uh, uh, Jonathan Loisga? Yeah, Loisga. I would make him the, the, the closer. Yeah, for, me too. That was the move I was making at the end of last season. For the Yankees. Too. I, yeah. I, I, I would get rid of a Chapman, believe me. I, I, I mean, he's he, he, he's giving me a heart attack every time he goes. Every there, single okay? time he's out there, yeah. He's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing is, as far as the negotiation going on with the with the, with the owners, yeah. and the players, this is my idea, and I, I don't know if you, it's not going to happen because the 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 unions are not going to allow it. Okay, I will have 
Well, the union will go with this: a player that is young, and he can he, he has a, he can be a, a a productive player in the early age. He shouldn't have to wait until he's twenty years, twenty seven years old to be eligible for free for free agency. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as far as the owner is concerned, this is the way I do it, and it, and, and it will never happen. If I give you a ten year contract, you have an opt out as a player, as a as an owner. I have my opt out too, so I can decide whether I can keep you or not. Your thought on that? Mm. Yeah, I like it, Lou, and I like all the things you said too for for the Yankees. I mean, you look at Aroldis Chapman. At the end of last season, I was begging for him to be moved to a setup role. The guy can't handle a closing role. He just can't. Mentally, he can't. Physically, he's fine. And I talked with the pitching coach. We talked. There's nothing physically wrong with Aroldis Chapman. So you put him in a, in a more lower leverage spot as a closer, and you move Loisica, who can clearly handle it, to be to to be. Uh, to, I'm sorry, move Chapman to a, a lower leverage spot and being the setup man for a closer. As I suggested, Jonathan Loisica can be your closer because he has handled it. Kid has ice in his veins, and that was in season. You know, uh, last year that would that would be the move I would make. And as far as the Yankee infield, it, it really it, it predicates on, on what they decide to do at shortstop. Are they bringing in a big-ticket guy? Are they going to wait it out for the two, not one, two prospects that they have in their farm system? Oh, one of which, Anthony Volpe, is ranked a top-10 prospect in the entire MLB pipeline. That's what I would do. That's I would wait for one, of, one or both of those guys to become MLB-ready, probably just one of them, and trade the other one. I wouldn't make a big splash at shortstop, and I would go out and get yourself a first baseman. Because right now, on the depth chart, the only true first baseman the Yankees have is Luke Voigt. And I think that ship has sailed. Popcorn Rob in Babylon. You're up on the hey, fan. Dan. Dan, what's up? How you doing today? I'm good. Uh, How are you? I'm good. I want to. I would like to make uh, two uh, comments. Well, I'm going to start with the Yankees. Yeah. First and foremost, I, you, everybody knows I, Aaron Judge rubs me the wrong way. And I'm going to tell you why. First tell and me. foremost, $325 million, right, for, you know, we'll, we'll say a seven-year, I, I guess it would be a seven- to ten-year contract or whatever for the two-year option. Listen, the guy, went, give me a time when Aaron Judge hit a home run that meant something, number one. Well, okay. Number two, mm-hmm. the only thing that Aaron Judge is going to bring to the table is a two for five or a two, a two, two for, for four or five or whatever, one for four. You know, his action is only at the bat. And then and he does, he's not consistent with that. Well, and here- then when he does, hold on, Daniel. And then when he, when he does hit a home run, it's, it's 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 it doesn't matter. It's like a, a, a it's like a meaningless home run. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two, Danielle, something was wrong with him in terms of being brought up so late. He's thirty years old right now. Well, Rob, the, the thing is, Rob, what happened with him was what, he went to college. That that's why he's so old, quote unquote old. He went to college. A lot of these guys don't. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge chose to. Now I'm with you on the inconsistency at the plate. Which is why I wouldn't do it. I would wait for, for, I would wait. I wouldn't do it now. I, I, I want him to show me that he can stay healthy for another two consecutive seasons in a row. Okay, that, that would be the first thing. So I'm not doing it now. I'm waiting. And if that means I have to pay more for it, then so be it. 
and and Aaron Judge, listen, when when the the Gold Glove candidacy and everything came out for this past season, outrage right about Aaron Judge. Why didn't he win it? Blah blah. The guy's defense is is elite. Okay, and the one thing that stuck out to me when I did a a you know a comparison of him versus the guys that were nominated and the one that ultimately won, um, what stood out to me was something you can't measure. It was something ridiculous where. I got to go back to it, but there was a ridiculously low percentage of runners that ran on him once he had the ball in his hands. Aaron Judge, ball in his hands, runners freeze on the base paths. Now, that's a stat that you can't quantify. And those are runs safe that you can't really exactly quantify. So, so Judge, Aaron, Aaron Judge should be a Yankee for the rest of his life, but I'm not doing it yet. I believe in Aaron Judge. The guy reaches over the wall in right field and, and, and robs home runs. Now, his, his inconsistencies are pointed out and glaring because of the inconsistencies of the guys around him in the batting order. I understand that. And I also don't like him hitting at the top of the order like, like they have him. But Aaron Judge absolutely, definitely is, um, is a guy that you build around. For sure, absolutely, definitely. So, again, we can discuss again the, the, the Major League Baseball lockout, where the both sides stands. Uh, a lot of you guys are telling me that there's going to be, like, a couple tweets coming in about 80 games being played. Oh, my God, that would be awful. 80 games? Ah, 76, 75? Oh, my God, one. T- oh, uh, listen, we got to get into this. And also, Yankee fans, tell me, based on the chart that I sent out on every social media account that I have, who is your first baseman moving forward? Uh, for next year and beyond. I'm Danielle McCartan with you. It's 2.30 here on The Fan in New York City. Welcome back to Danielle in the daytime here on The Fan in New York City as I swallowed my last bite of this peanut butter and jelly sandwich that I brought. My hands are all sticky now. Wonderful. So, the lockout. The MLB lockout. Can't lock me out. Thursday night, I checked another stadium off my list. MLB Park, maybe you heard of it. It's in Secaucus, New Jersey. MLB Network. Studio 42. You know what I'm talking about? MLB Network, Studio 42. Yeah, I was there. What a cool experience that was. I went on Thursday night. Met with some people there. And when he flicked on the lights, it was like, zoom, zoom, zoom. I stood there near home plate, and I had, I don't know, just this feel the dreams moment, like goosebumps down my arm sort of moment. It was very, very cool. I just felt like I belonged there. It was cool. I just loved everything about that whole entire building, not just that particular studio. But you saw the picture I posted on social media Thursday night, me by the pitcher's mound. And Oh, and a lot of you asked, uh, are they doing tours of it? Uh, that was on social media, you know, the responses. I'd venture to guess no, not at the moment at least, because – it was like getting into Fort Knox there with all the COVID protocols and stuff. So I guess, I don't know, stay tuned. I don't know. If you ever do get that opportunity, though, do it. To see an event there. They have like chairs in Studio 42 in the outfield to see events and whatever. Do it. It's awesome. So how soon are, are, are we going to have baseball? And I put up a poll a little bit earlier, and the final results are in. Wow. Majority wins. 40 
43% of you guys think that there are going to be between 120 and 139 games. And a lot of the comments are saying less. Oh, boy. That would be brutal. That, that would be, what, 40 games? Like a month, a month and a half gone? Oh, man. Wow. I, I, don't, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. I, I was going to say maybe lose out on maybe 10 games or so. Maybe that's just me being overly optimistic. Um, but let's see what you think. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to get aboard. Paul in Floral Park, you're up on the fan. Hello, Danielle. What's How up, are you? Paul? Good. How are you? All right. Good. Good. Yeah, the winter shoes what does uh, harsh things to your car. I mean, my God. Thank God I was able to get the car door closed. Mm, yeah. It had to throw her out a little bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, it happens. It's freezing out there. Yeah, right? It's like uh, 25 degrees out right now, but it's not too bad because I, I got plenty of sunshine where I parked the car in the driveway. Um, yeah, uh, for Freddie Freeman, he's, uh, yeah, he's definitely uh, to, for the Yankees. Yankees got to stay off the shortstop uh, thing and just go for uh, Freddie Freeman. Um, I'm, I'm going to stay optimistic. I'm going to say 100 140, 40 games. That they'll uh, get it, yeah. They'll get the uh, they'll get the lockout uh, straight now. Yeah. Uh, James, uh, uh, James Harden, uh, he uh, the Nets cannot trade him. Yeah. No, they, they cannot. Say he's yeah, he's the he's the ultimate uh, guy in the lineup right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe Joe Harris, I don't think he's coming back. Is he with the uh, 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 with the foot injury? He's he not. doesn't even know. I, I don't know. They, yeah. They're going to get another yeah. opinion, and it could be another procedure, and who knows? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I uh, definitely think the Knicks uh, should go with the uh, second unit to start. Oh, no, uh, you're okay. flipping it. You're flipping the whole thing? Yeah. Why, get, get the younger guys in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah th- third-tier guys. They got to try something. They got to they gotta shake it up somehow because uh, what they're doing, seven-game losing streak, it's not working. Right. See what happens yeah. today. Right. All right, thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, Paul, All right, have a good one. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. All right, be fine. And, um, yeah, we, we've got people arguing <laughs> in the comments now uh, of the graphic that I put up of uh, who should be playing first base for the Yankees next season. That's what you know. It's good. we got people arguing with each other in the comments. I can't even keep up. Uh, Mets, Giants, BK says Rizzo, Rizzo, Rizzo. I had a Met fan earlier say absolutely Freeman. Get him out of the NL East. That's funny. That's what my dad said <laughs> earlier this morning. Um, yeah, help the Yankees take Freeman. Get him out of the NL East. He's a Met killer. Uh, but when you look at it, what surprised me, and I'm using Spot Track as my source for the for the dollar amounts. When you look at it, I, I really couldn't believe that Freeman ha- was going to have a a lower AAV than Rizzo. It's not by a lot, but it's still lower. I, I didn't I didn't think that was going to be. You know, Rizzo was going to be so high, is what I'm trying to say here. I don't know. What do you think, Yankee fans? Give me a call. 877-337-6666. Dan in Ringwood, New Jersey. You're up on a fan. Hey, Danielle. What's up, Dan? Yeah, I got you. Hey, hey. Um, well, big fan. Great job on the show. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I wanted to talk about how these big free agent signings haven't been working out for any of the teams that have been signing them over the past couple of years. 
Um, I was looking at it the other day, and it was uh, 10 of the 15 highest-paid players in baseball last season or this season coming up mm-hmm. uh, didn't even make the playoffs. Two of them are already Yankees. So all five of the ones who did make the playoffs needed to play a wild-card game to even get in. Mm. So it hasn't been working out for these teams. Um, not to mention how the the nature of these big contracts, you're going to have to sign guys for long-term. I mean, Correa is going to command over 10 years. So you're going to deal with the bad contracts on the back end. We already have two of these on the Yankees. Yes. We signed Correa, and we signed Freeman for five-plus years, which it might take if there's a big market for yes. them. We're going to be and, – and we re-signed Judge. We're going to look at, like, five bad contracts, players on the wrong side of, like, 33 – which like every age regression model seems to agree that after 30, 31 players start dropping off a cliff. Yep. Um, it's, it's going to totally mortgage the future of the team if we go all in for one. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's a strategy, right? but I'm not willing to see four more years of bad baseball after we win one, you know? Yeah. To, to, to go all in, right? Shot. Yep. So I'd rather, I'd rather have a decent, a decent shot for a couple years. Okay. Maybe win one with the prospect of winning two or uh-huh. three. You know, maybe if we if we channel the nineteen nineties Yankees. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, it's just it doesn't doesn't seem to make too much too much sense to me, and it doesn't seem to be the way that a lot of the successful franchises are going nowadays. Too. So based on all that, and you sound very researched, and and I've seen a lot of that too. Who's your Who's your starting infield on on opening day, whenever that is for the Yankees? Well, I'm not saying that I don't like Freeman. I love Freeman. Mm-hmm. If we could get him on two, three years, I'm all for it. But if the market's big for him and somebody's going to give him five, six, I think it would be a big mistake. So, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to giving Luke Voigt another chance. I mean, last year was a weird year with injuries and everything like that. I mean, he showed that he was a pretty pretty decent first baseman for us. I know the defense might be a little bit of a question, but, I mean, his offense is undeniable when he's healthy. Oh, but that strikeout um, percentage, it's just horrible. 27 percent of the time the he strikes the out it's horrible <laughs> unfortunately that's the way the game is played now yeah, <laughs> i understand but you got a guy like freeman who's under league average you got a guy like rizzo he's even farther under league average than that i mean it's just uh, i wouldn't mind rizzo either i just don't want to lock one of these guys who are already like right. 32 33 yeah. down for five more years and have to deal with them at 36 37 mm-hmm. you know when we're having years of not no production and we're just it's almost like after 2009 we're we're waiting for Tex to get done with his contract. We're waiting for, you know, to see if CC is going to continue. Like, we had a bunch of bad contracts. We were just kind of waiting to expire before we could do anything again, you know? Yeah, no, I get it, Dan. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I get the, the objective of not wanting to be kind of handcuffed into, into these long-term deals. And you made a fair point. I mean, John Carlos Stanton being another one of them. So Freeman and Rizzo are both 32 years of age. And so then maybe you go the Olsen trade route. I, I just, uh, Luke Voigt, I, I can't watch Luke Voigt. I just can't do it. And I'm looking at the numbers again that I tweeted out. I mean, I just can't do it. 27% of the time he gets up there and strikes out. That is like the exact opposite of what the Yankees need to do in revamping this lineup as best as they can. But he's already on the Yankees books. And we're going to, and again, this rolls into, we're going to have to see what, what the new agreed upon luxury tax threshold is going to be. Maybe that's what they can afford is Luke Voigt, and they got to roll with it. But having a guy striking out 27% of the time in, 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 a, in a lineup of guys who strike out similarly at, at a similar clip, it's, it's not the right answer. And I've been saying it and saying it and saying it. The Yankees need to 
Get guys that get on base and hit for average. Freeman's one of them. Rizzo is another one of them. But, again, four-year deal, five-year deal for a 32-year-old. Is it so bad for a corner infield position? You know you don't want to do it up the middle. But is it, is it so bad for a corner infield position? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not privy to the medical information uh, of these players either. I, but I'm going to venture to guess it's not a terrible idea. It's not terrible. I've heard worse. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Julian in Oakland, New Jersey. You're up on a fan. Danielle, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Great thanks for making it. Always. Thank you. Um, loving this Yankees talk. And I think Freeman will be perfect, but it's going to be a big uh, financial commitment. So if you don't do Freeman, I'm really wanting to get Matt Olsen. I know the issue is that Peraza is going to have to headline the package for Olsen, I think. Yes. I really do like Peraza. I think he could play soon. But um, But you got Volpe. I'm feeling one of those two. Yes. You're right about that. That that trade package for Olsen is going to, like you you said, be headlined by Peraza. That's probably a non-starter for for that team. And honestly, I'd put Voight and Peraza together in a package for Olsen and, and then see what else you can throw in there. I 100% agree with that. I also agree with your take on Luke Boy. I don't want to see the bad defense and all the strikeouts. I think the Yankees need that solid lefty first base. And like we've yeah. seen so many good lineups that good defense at first. It really helps them balance it out. Yep, and Olsen is a lefty bat. Either one. For DJ, I don't really want him at first either. Me I would either. prefer him at second. And if they move Torres, I'm okay with that. Me too. But if they don't move him, it's going to be a crowded infield. Yep, and a backlog at second base, right? So so you have DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres coming back at second base. Brian Cashman said that, that, that Torres is not a shortstop, so you got two second basemen and a hole at short. What are you going to do? You got to move yeah. one of them, and DJ LeMahieu is under contract for the Yankees for a while. It has to be Glaber Torres. Where else is he going to play? Right, I agree with you 100%. He he makes the most sense. You, get, you can still get decent return for him. Not what it would have been in the past, but yeah. enough that you can suffer once you trade him. Right. I won't suffer too much, but... And, and, and yeah, you're right, Julian. And, and what I would do is I would move him for, for pitching. How do you, Now, how do you feel about Trevor's story as short? Because I don't think Correa is realistic. I don't think they're going to commit that to him. See, but we were just talking about, Julian, the Yankees have two up-and-coming shortstops that, that are cost-effective coming up. I, I don't – what I recommend is I don't want them to go out and make, get this big-ticket, big-name shortstop. I really don't want it. That's a good point because Volpe is going to be pretty good. He'll be ready in 2023. Both. One more season, and he'll be ready. Yep, and then I'll say this about the lockout. I'm trying to remain optimistic for 162. Yeah. But I feel like the worst case, you get delayed like two weeks or a month to get like 140 or like 125 or something. That's kind of what I was thinking too, but I don't know. Everybody on Twitter seems to be real negative about that. Yeah, really down just, on that. And I can't blame them because the talks look terrible and it doesn't look too hopeful. But push is going to come to shove soon and they don't want to miss too many games. So we're going to hold that open and see what happens. Yep. Yeah, Julian, you're right about that. And uh, something else we discussed here uh, earlier during the Open, I believe it was, um, and someone just, let me see who just sent this to me again. Yeah, at Brandon McCool 99 on Twitter sent me 15 minutes ago. Yes, yes, we did talk about this, but here's the tweet uh, from John Heyman about, I don't know, 15 minutes ago. And we did talk about this already, but Heyman says MLB owners meet Tuesday to Thursday in Orlando, or Orlando, I can never say Orlando, <laughs> where they will regroup. The union expectation is a new MLB offer will come soon, and presumably that happens after the owners convene. It's obviously getting late, 
with spring training originally scheduled to start 10 days from today. It's getting late early, as they say, as Yogi Berra has once uh, has said. So, and Thursday, and, and Thursday, Manfred's got to put together some sort of speech. So you would, you'll hear from us shortly. So, I don't know. Obviously, spring training looks like it's going to be, I don't want to say obviously, but spring training looks like it's going to be delayed. Scheduled to start 10 days from today, and they are way far apart to the tune of tens of of millions of dollars. Let's put it that way. Tens of millions of dollars on a few of the different uh, line items there, which we could talk about. Coming up on the other side of this Pete McCarthy update. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till for about another half an hour here on the fan in New York City, which means it's getting late early also for you to get aboard at 877-337-6666. And, and I wanted to address this really quickly. Uh, listen, the reports about LeBron James, how he'd be willing to leave the Lakers in order to play professional basketball with his son, Bronny. Nice loyalty, right? But then again, LeBron is not renowned for his loyalty anyway. He's a great basketball player, though, and when he wants to turn it on. So if there was ever a time for teams to start jockeying for position and do their best to tank for the Jameses, plural, in the draft lottery, you have to keep your eyes on the prize. Bronny's 2023 draft class is coming up, and Daddy LeBron's unrestricted free agency is set to begin that same season. So they are a package deal. So I guess that's one way to make sure that your your kid is picked first overall. And guaranteed a multi-million dollar payday. But with that in mind, maybe the Nets should dump Harden for Simmons and send Irving somewhere else too. Fire sale on Flatbush. Braun to Brooklyn would be the chant. I can hear it already. Totally kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious here, right? And then don't look now, Knicks fans, but the lottery might actually be realistic for then. Imagine the Jameses in Manhattan. Like the lottery slogan says, hey, you never know. 877-337-6666. Let's go to the Jersey Shore. And Kevin, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle, good afternoon. What a pleasant surprise to find you on the radio. Oh, thank you. Great. Thank hey, you. I, I want to ask you a question about the Giants, but I want to ask you a bigger question about baseball. Okay. Uh, you know, the ratings just came out for the NFL, for the AFC, NFC Championship. But they were off the charts. Okay. I mean, bigger than they ever would have imagined. Really? And with the gambling coming into the NFL... To what extent should baseball be concerned about their place in the American sports uh, 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 world? You know, with the NFL being so dominant and them playing this game with with the fans about, hey, you know, DH, no DH, you know, money, luxury cap. You know, well, what is your thoughts on that? Well, you know what, and it's a fair point, right? So the one thing I would say as you were talking was they play in different seasons. I mean, they they don't really overlap much, much. Like like basketball. If 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 it was basketball, it it would be concerning. But you know, in jockeying for position, you know, once I mean, think about it. Think about the topics we talked about today. Football's pretty much over. We got the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl today, right? But but people are now turning the dial and flipping the calendar to baseball season. So they don't really overlap. I'm not sure, you know, how much you can kind of read into something like that. Yeah, I was just thinking in terms of the where where they fit into the American psyche. Oh yeah, you know, wow. With, 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 with the NFL being so dominant and baseball really, you know, 
second fiddle right now. Who knows where it goes? Anyway, just yeah. a quick point about the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham left. He was a Joe Judge guy. And I'm sure after last year where this high-priced secondary really didn't perform that well, mm-hmm. it's probably a good move for him and mm-hmm. a good move for the Giants. Anyway, listen, always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I hope to hear you again. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. I'll be back. Super Bowl Saturday, 5 p.m. But uh, you, you said it perfectly. With, with Graham leaving, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, as soon as they had, I believe, Shane, as soon as he came in, I kind of said this, or maybe it was Dable, but either way, it was a while ago where I said that it would be um, – Really a win-win scenario for both Patrick Graham and the Giants if he were to be elsewhere to start the season. And I always thought that would be a head coach's position. But he moved, in fact, to be a defensive coordinator in, in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas, right? So good for him, right? Good for him that he gets to work with a team that is immediately in contention for a playoff spot. Okay? And, and good for him. Win. And then a win for the Giants is that they can take a page out of the Jets book, can't believe I'm saying that, that they could start over um, with a brand new GM, you know, like like the Jets did. Point blank, clean slate, um, tabula rosa, right? That's that's Latin, tabula rosa, clean slate. And um, yeah, good for them. It's a win-win on both parties, and, and you said it perfectly, and, and I said it a, a while ago as well. To Belrose and Pat, you're up on the fan. Hi, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Pat? All right, a little bit out of the box. I'm a fan of uh, Rosario and Jimenez. When the Mets, I traded them. Uh-huh. The Yankees, if they can work something with Cleveland, you have Rosario and Jimenez to play shortstop for at least a year. They're low cost, uh, excellent ball players. And maybe they get one of Cleveland's three starters. And at this way here, if the two guys they have in the minors aren't ready in a year, you still have dependable guys at shortstop. Hmm. It's still money, uh, low money. Jimenez can also play second base if they decide to tra- uh, trade Torres. Mm-hmm. It's just something else. And the other thing is Dominic's a three-way. If Oakland, the Yankees, and the Mets, Mets and Oakland winds up with Smith, the Yankees wind up with Olsen, and the Mets get a couple of uh, decent prospects, that's another way of solving your first base problem for everybody also. Mm. Yeah. I, you know, Pat, that, that's not a crazy idea. I'm looking at Ahmed Rosario. The last salary he made, he's still eligible for arbitration this season. Uh, the last salary he made was four point eight million, which is not a lot. Uh, you know, it's it's not bad. Look, and they 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 hit for average. They steal bases. Mm-hmm. I think combined, they both stole like thirty bases in Mark Court once. Mm. I mean, Rosario was getting better and better with the glove. And it's there, it's, and it's a nice fit. It's not a lot of money for either one of them. Yeah. And if the prospects aren't ready, you still have somebody playing shortstop right. for you. And, and Pat, that, that's a good um, suggestion for this, in the sense that, uh, how do I say it? Like, like, uh, you, so I, you're obviously part of the school of thought that says that the Yankees, you know, they 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 should believe in Volpe and or Peraza. So signing a, a big guy to a long-term, would actually, in effect, box them out. So, in essence, get one of these guys as a stopgap guy, and then and then I guess you'd go all in on a first baseman there, Pat? Yeah, you could go, you know, even with the Olsen trade. If Oakland, you know, yeah. wants to trade him, yeah. the Yankees can give some prospects, and the Mets uh, send Dominic Smith to Oakland, that's yeah, yeah. their first base problem, too. Yeah. And the Mets have a horrible farm system, so they're looking for prospects, and there's no place for Smith to play anyway. Hey, Pat, where can you apply for GM? 
been I've been tortured by New York sports. I went to the Mets second home game, and like that's all I've been tortured. And my father was George Steinman, his chauffeur bodyguard for three years. See, there you go. Yeah, I knew so, you had an in. So I, I, so I, I know firsthand about Yankee insanity. So. <laughs> well, Pat, thanks for the call. I really appreciate that. Right, Thank have you. Have a wonderful day. You Bye. too. Um, see, that's funny. But okay, now we're now we're now we're throwing out some names, but the philosophy still remains the same, and I'm I'm on board with it. Don't go overboard for a shortstop now. Just don't do it, because you're in essence boxing out guys, cost-effective young players. If you go ahead and do that, and I'm not on board with that. Volpe. I mean, I talked with him in uh, December at the Italian-American Baseball Foundation event over there in Brooklyn. And um, he strikes out, at, like, what, a 19% of the, the time? I love that about him. You know what he said to me? That's too much. <laughs> that's too much, he said. That's, that, that's too, too many times. I'm like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Kid steals base. He works extra overtime, overtime on one-on-one on st- how to steal bases and how to get his timing correct. I mean, he... He has the potential to be a really good player. Do you want to box a kid like that with a work ethic like that out for for a guy that's going to be making a, a tremendous amount of money over a long term deal, and then they go ahead and, and become studs elsewhere? I'm not. I'm not signing up for that. Joe in Woodbridge, you are up on the fan there, Joe. How you doing? Good. How are you? Um, I'm for resigning Rizzo. For like a three-year deal, I'm not up for for signing a guy like uh, the first baseman from Atlanta. He's going to cost you too much money, and mm-hmm. he wants too many years. Okay, so wait, I'm sorry. Team, I mean, who was who your suggestion that you wanted? I'm sorry, I missed it. Rizzo, just resign. Rizzo, him. Rizzo. He's well. Projections are saying that he's going to cost more than. Uh, well, I don't care. I mean, if he's signing for what three years, you know. Well, the the the, the, AA, the uh the projection is four years for Rizzo and five for Freeman. Is what... Okay. Well, if that's the case, and sign none of them. In case trade for <laughs> someone, haven't the Yankees not learned from Mark Teixeira? Yeah. They signed him for a long contract, and they had to deal with the last two or three years of his contract, which is was non-existent. Yeah. Well, they won a World Series. I'm just playing counter argument here. They, they, they won, won a World Series. They won. They won one World Series. They mm-hmm. haven't won one since. Mm-hmm. While their other teams have spent much less money. Correct. And go on to win more World Series. Correct. Like the Braves. Right. You know. This cannot be. I mean, you can't trade. If the, if you want Chapman from Oakland, you're going to have to trade your whole entire farm system to get him. The A's is just not going to give him to you Olsen, for one Olsen. shortstop and a scrub first baseman like Luke Voigt. Right. But okay, then, you're going to have to give up. You're going to have to give up your 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 prospect. Peraza. And that's going to be your shortstop. That's going to be Peraza. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you don't make that trade. You do not make. Why that not? Trade. Because you don't, the guy, the kid is going to be a very good shortstop. You don't do that. Yeah, but, but they already have, stuck. but they have two of them, and, and Volpe's ranked higher in the pipeline. I don't care. You don't. I don't care. I mean, I just I've learned from this team. I've been a Yankee fan for thirty plus years. I'm just I've seen what happened with Texera, A Rod, and CC Sabathia, and I and I've got a nightmare that I'm going to see this with Judge and Staten, and then you're going to bring in another first baseman like Freeman for five years and then in two or three years when these players are hit over the line over the you know they're they're in their mid thirties and their pass are behind us, we're gonna have to watch what happened from two thousand and what twelve to two thousand and what sixteen where this team was mediocre. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Joe, here, here's what I would say, and I'm looking at the prospect list right now. The Yankees have two prospects in in Anthony Volpe, due in 2023. He's the 15th best prospect in the league, and then followed by number 17, Jason Dominguez. He's not due till 2024. And so you had to scroll all the way down to see Peraza. What happened when the Yankees held on to their prospects for longer than they should have? Well, Frazier, I, mean, I, I point to Frazier. I point to Andujar. They're there. Use them. I mean, Use Peraza. Get rid of them. Dump them for, for something that you need. I understand that. But listen, um, I think they messed up Frazier. They did. I mean, I thought Frazier would have been a good hitter for the Yankees. Me stuff. too. He's a young kid. He's 27 years old. Mm-hmm. And I think that once he moves on from New York, I think he will go back to being a good hitter. I really believe that. I think they messed him up here. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm the, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With sending him down, calling him up, sending him down, calling him up, changing his batting stance. I mean, they, the Yankees radically messed him up. And hopefully he can go somewhere else. And, yeah, you know, and, and, that was, and that was, Joe, that was the wish I had for him, you know, when it happened. Uh, the kid needs an attitude adjustment. I've heard that from, from many different um Sources, not sources, I hate the word sources. Many different uh, people at different levels, uh, different job descriptions. Um, I've heard that he has an attitude problem. And you know what? You're not going to make it any make it anywhere if you've got an attitude problem. That's it. So I wish him well. I, I hope he does well. But, but again, they can't fall in love with their prospects because look what happened to Frazier. Look what happened with Andujar. I mean, come on. You got Peraza. People are interested in him. Then you really, you know, him and uh, Volpe are, are doing the same year. So you really have to do your homework on the both of them. Right now, I lean towards Volpe and, and dump Peraza for something that you need right now. Joe in Long Island, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Hey. Uh, yeah, about the Yankees first base situation, I understand that I love your list, right? I, I love Freddie Freeman, the idea of Freddie Freeman. Yep. However... I think the Yankees need a leader. I think who who is the best leader on the list? I know that's a difficult question to answer, right? Because but, no one's in the locker room with these guys, yeah. Right. But the analytics. Right? The analytics. When I, when I look at this team, I'm like, you know what? This team needs a kick in the butt. They need Joe Girardi. You know what I mean? No offense to Aaron Boone. I kind of like Aaron Boone. But I just think that they need some kind of cohesiveness in that locker room. They need like a – look, I, I don't want to bring it across the football, but listen – Belichick had Brady. There's, you know what I mean? Brady controls the locker room. Yes, Belichick has, you know, his control of the locker room. But, but the coach has a has a role in this, as you know, coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, so going back on that list, you're not saying Freddie Freeman's a leader? I think he is. Okay. He looks like he is. Yeah. You know, he, mm-hmm. he looks like a family guy, a team guy, mm-hmm. a person who's going to put other people ahead of themselves. Mm-hmm. It looks that way to me. Me I, too. Obviously. Again, like you said, we're not in the locker room. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And, and But then you look at also at the list, too, a guy like Luke Voigt. I mean, look what he had to say. He had a, he had a lot to say uh, when he wasn't playing and Rizzo was starting over him, didn't he? I mean, that, that can't be good either. There is something about Luke Voigt that I like, though. You know, he is like a, he's like our guy. You know, he led the league at home runs for a year. Like, why are we being so quick on the trigger to get rid of him? I'm not so sure. It seems like – I like – he looks like a – you know, a lunch pail type of guy. I like it. You know, he takes the, he, he's, you know, the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back of the jersey. It looks like that to me. Point, uh, but I'm not sure. Yeah, no one knows. You're, you're right, and you bring up a good point there. But what you could look at though, and you can see last year his strikeout percentage was 27.1 percent. 
that's a lot. And I, and my wish, this goes back to my philosophy and wish for the Yankees is that they don't need guys like that on that lineup anymore, up and down that lineup. They need guys that can hit for average and get on base. And then a guy like Aaron judge can go ahead and bring them around. All right. It's a two sixteen, which means we have one quick break to go ahead and pay the bills around here. Right. And then it's your last chance to get aboard to Danielle in the daytime here on the fan at 877-337-6666. Welcome back to Danielle in the daytime here on the fan on this Pro Bowl Sunday. If you hang in for another 10 minutes or so, our Westwood One coverage of the Pro Bowl is coming your way, which means... There's only uh, less than 10 minutes for us uh, here on the fan to continue with my show. And uh, I got an interesting tweet on the break uh, from, or I saw it on the break from uh, Joe Flynn. Great listener to the show. Bunch of different suggestions he's putting forth. And then he wants the Yankees to sign DD for shortstop this season. Well, I wouldn't do it. And I love DD Gregorius. Last contract he made was about $15 million. He had a, a, a real decline last season, um, and I love him. But I, I just, it, if it, if the price was cheaper, I would maybe maybe do it. But uh, not at that number. I'm I'm not doing it. And then I had another tweet, and I forget who sent it. Ah, uh, I love giving credit to. Oh yeah, here it is at Mets Giants BK, and he wrote, and more importantly, Mets and Chris Bryant. Oh yeah, Mets and Chris Bryant should have been done already before it. Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant for the Mets. Absolutely. I said it at the trade deadline, and they didn't do it. They picked the wrong Met, had the wrong uh, Cub. They picked Javi Baez, and now they have an opportunity to, to make it right. He is an unrestricted free agent. Chris Bryant, that is. Mets, go out and make that deal as soon as this lockout ends, which... No one really knows when that's going to be. Okay, so uh, we've got just a few minutes left here on the fan, eight exactly, and we've got pretty much a full bank of calls here. So I'm going to ask that you guys, ha- I'm going to get to all of you, but you're going to have to keep the, the point short, succinct, and uh, and to the point. Okay, so here we go. Uh, and sort of like a round robin sort of thing, uh, in the order that you call Lawrence in Austin, Texans, you're up on the fan. Sorry, Danielle. Um, the Nets were better off before they traded for superstars. Their personalities are ruining the team. And as far as the Giants go, I have no confidence because all the coaches are unexperienced in the roles that they have. I, that's all I got. Yeah, and, and Lawrence, great. Love love that. Um, and, and the one guy that, I, and when it happened, I said it when it happened, letting Jarrett Allen leave that team was probably the biggest mistakes that, that the Nets have made in, in, in a long time. So you're right. The, the big three has played 16 games, exactly 16 games together. And look where that got him. They are trying to snap a seven-game losing streak today with James Harden out. So there's that. Carlos, in the Bronx, you're up on the fan. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. How are you, Carlos? I'm okay. Otherwise, can't complain. Uh, the Yankees, I think they need to finally do something with the um, – um, who was it now? Uh, shortstop, last I checked. Which one? Um – from Atlanta, that uh, they're going to try to get, get him here to New York. Freeman, the first baseman, you mean? Uh, yeah. You want him or you don't want him? Do. Do. Okay. Then get it done. That means, But, though, that means then you're going to go for a cost-effective shortstop. You okay with that for a year or two? I would think we'd be okay with that. Okay. They have enough, they have enough to, do, to get that done for sure. 
Yep. Should be much an issue, Matt. All right, Carlos, from your mouth to the GM's ears. To uh, Mike in New Jersey, you're up on the fan. Hey, love the show. Thanks, Mike. Quick point about MLB. Why can't there be like more celebration? I was watching like I think the Dominican Republic or the Puerto Rican League. Like after each hit and home run, they come out and dance and celebrate. Like baseball needs more fun. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I love the fun. I love the bat flips. I love the fun. I'm totally with you on that. Oh yeah, and on the bat flips, like I hate when all the pitchers get pissed whenever there's a bat flip. Like they're just celebrating. Let them go. Then know? don't then don't give up the home run. Yeah, but, Don't yeah. make the mistake. 100%. Yep. Thanks for your time. Have yeah. a great day. Mike, I appreciate it. Thank you. And and you know what else is crazy? We didn't even talk about this yet. The the taunting penalty in, in football, it's absurd. It is absurd. You know, I, real quick, I read an article uh, earlier this morning on The Athletic, and I, I don't know if I have the title of it for you. I'm trying to pull it up real quick. Um, but basically it was a, a survey of the players, anonymous survey of the players playing in the Pro Bowl and their thoughts on a lot of different things. And one of the players called the um, unnamed player, of course, called the celebration penalties in the NFL. And he used the word, and I'm not going to say it, obviously, but BS. And it's true. That is exa- – and I and I noticed this in the last games that um, – in the championship games, they don't even show end zone celebrations anymore, really. They really don't. Travis Kelsey scored, and I was like, wait a second. They, they cut to a, a bouncy shot of, of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, come on. I don't like that. I want to see the celebration. Yes, I do. To East Windsor, New Jersey, we go. And Mitch, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. What's up there, Mitch? Hey, you're a big Sigma call. Of course. Uh, I love Freeman. I want to know what status of Freeman and Joey Gallo. I'm a Dodger fan. I would say Yankees and Dodgers don't need Freeman. But Atlanta's foolish enough to be cheap. And I'll, uh, I think he's a Hall of Famer. That is some line of Atlanta. They won. You forget that. I hope we get baseball. 162. Better be 162 this year. Better be. Uh, Atlanta didn't even have a cool the last three months of the season, and they just loved him way to themselves to a crown. Waiting for him winds up. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Mitch. I appreciate that. And where where do I ultimately, and that's a good question, where do I think Freeman ultimately ends up? Atlanta. I think he'll be a brave. I, 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 but there's always the fact of, well, they had a, they had the window to do it, and they, they just couldn't and didn't. Who, who's to say that that wasn't without trying or, or whatever? No one knows. But ultimately, when it's all said and done, I think this Freddie Freeman thing will come to an end. I think he'll be an Atlanta Brave uh, for the rest of his career, the rest of his life. Sorry, Mets fans. Uh, Bayside, New York. Steve, you're up on the fan. Hey. Hey. Um, I want, want to talk about Aaron Judge. Um, I love Aaron Judge. Uh, I think that when healthy, which is usually the issue with him, he's one of the best players in baseball. Mm-hmm. But I also think that we've got to understand and appreciate that the Yankees have too many of the same kind of player yes. over and over again, and we've all seen that in the last few years. And given the fact that Giancarlo is signed as long as he is, yes. um, you know, you basically you have two... You have, if they were to let Aaron Judge walk, mm-hmm. I think they would regret it for you know for a few years. That because you know, he's going to be great for somebody else when healthy. But I would totally understand that as a business decision by the Yankees, because again, if you want to start diversifying your team, then you have an opportunity to do that. Yes, by letting him walk. Yeah, Steve, it's it, that's 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 a great point. And 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 when they brought in Giancarlo Stanton to begin with, I, that's exactly what I said then. I said, "Well, whoa, 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 wait a minute. 
the Yankees already have a guy on their roster, and his name is Aaron Judge. And to me, Judge is a better player than Stanton. But it all goes back, and 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 I like where your head's at about diversifying this this lineup of hitters for the Yankees. But I don't think you can let Aaron Judge go. I think it has to happen elsewhere, like at shortstop, like at first base, like at catcher. I think that's where you make the change because I, I, I don't see a future with Aaron Judge not on this Yankee team. I just don't. He's a great defender. And and once they get him out of, of these positions in the lineup where, where he can, I mean, putting him at one and two or mostly two, hitting second, he's, I mean, come on. What does the guy do well? He hits the ball hard, and sometimes it goes over the fence. So why is he batting second? To me, to me, and maybe I'm old school, but that's that spot's reserved for a guy that can get on base and then be brought in. Judge, in my opinion, and, and depends on how this lineup's going to shake out, he's a 3-4 hitter. Not a 2. Definitely not a 1. Quintessential leadoff hitter for me, Brandon Nimmo. Think of Brandon Nimmo. And think of even Francisco Lindor, who they're going to be batting one and two, right? You would think, at least, next season. Are any of their playing styles like Aaron Judge's? No. Then get him out of the number two spot. He doesn't belong there. None. And I got a nice tweet from uh, Mac Drought. He says, do what the Rays do. Promote one of those kids to shortstop now. Then Wander might happen for the Yankees. I'm in. Let's do it. Thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. I love coming here and talking with you. If you missed any portion, any bit of today's show, hit that Odyssey Rewind feature. Select the start of the show, which was 12 p.m. noon. Great job to Pat Boyle behind the glass, as always. And to, we had Kevin Dexter and, uh, oh, Pete McCarthy on the updates today. That's right. So I'll see you guys Super Bowl Saturday, 5 p.m. In the meantime, hit my socials, at Coach McCartan on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. We'll keep the conversation going through next Saturday. Westwood One's coverage of the 2022 Super Bowl live from Las Vegas is up next here on the Fan uh, the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl. Oh, did I say Super Bowl? No, no, that's next week. I'm getting ahead of myself. The Pro Bowl up next here on the Fan. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The Fan. WFAN.